Hey, all you lovely people out there. How's it going? Great? Grand? Our week's been good, hopefully. Started the new week. Let's get it on. Um, this episode of the podcast, my guest returning, Matt Purcell. We had a wonderful conversation about a whole, a lot, a, a lot of different subjects. Um, there's a couple points in the podcast where we like b- throw a dash of Game of Thrones crap in there, but um, that's not the meat of the conversation uh, until like the hour and a half to two hour mark. Uh, you'll hit the Game of Thrones section, and if you don't want any spoilers, I'm giving you the spoiler alert now. So hopefully you don't skip this part. Um, but we we went into it a little bit because Shane of Thrones is next week. Um, we'll be putting I'll be putting that out uh, uh, Sunday afternoon, and you it, the it'll be about an hour and a half, uh, maybe an hour on Game of Thrones, and then me and the mats might go on a little tangent about whatever. But the beginning of Shane of Thrones will totally be focused on Game of Thrones, the first hour to an hour and a half. So. If you don't want any spoilers this episode, once I once me and Matt bring up Game of Thrones and it and it you you can clearly understand that the conversation is in that zone. You can pause it, shut it off. That would be the rest of the conversation, so I would not be offended if you skipped that. But anyway, thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy. See you in there. Mother truckers. Cells here, everybody. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming in, man. Thanks. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Matt Purcell and I are starting Shane of Thrones next week. Dude. I am super super psyched. I am I am so pumped. Um (laughs) the fact that we're gonna do we're gonna we're gonna take the show on the road and do it at my house. Hell yeah. Um that's awesome. Uh, it, 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 it just it only made sense to me because we're not going to make you guys both of you every Sunday drive out to the city. Yeah, that wouldn't happen to do my podcast <laughs> and then get done with Game of Thrones at ten o'clock and then drive no, back home. No, no I can stay sorry. at my mom's place out there. Well, and you don't work on Monday, so <laughs> true facts. <laughs> so you're good. You're yeah. You're, um, you're the least common denominator. Correct. So. And then I have uh, I have two episodes that are going to happen the Mondays following the next couple weeks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. One's gonna be with this uh, gentleman named Shane from a card shop of, called Brass City Games. It's in Round Lake. Awesome. And then uh, the week after, I'm talking to Jim's sec- Jim's cousin, Tommy's second cousin. Okay. He's a he's a stand up comedian. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So That's awesome, man. But yeah, next week, Shane of Thrones. Shane of Thrones, episode one. With the mats and double Double mat. mat. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, dude. It's crazy. There's so many mats in my life. It's insane. It's, there's too many. There's you, there's Skirky, there's and then Shaq. there's Shaq. And then our buddy Wolf, who runs the garage, <laughs> yeah, yeah. is Matt Wolf. So we have to we have to just call him Wolf or Wolfman or whatever, you know. It's fitting because he's got a big monster beard and he's, you know. He's a good dude. Um, yeah. 
but I mean, it's just, there's so many mats. And then there's like two others that I work with. And <laughs> it's just like everywhere I go, I'm always I know, like the I know second, third, fourth mats. mat. Yeah. I know like four or five other mats Dude, that then, don't include those right. mats. And then there's another guy that hangs out at the garage from time to time and yeah. he goes by Matthew. Oh, okay. So at any given time, there could be three mats and a Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an, it's an asinine situation but the funniest part about it is so the two guys who own the garage yeah. are matt wolf and steve gotcha and they both have these crazy long zz top beards uh-huh. and they're just both like very similar dudes um good mechanics yes very good mechanics uh lucky knuckles garage in yeah. McHenry, illinois next to keith's reef bar and grill <laughs> Boom, double shout out right there. <laughs> um, but anyways, so. Um, oh, Matt. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, were yeah. talking about Sorry, Matt's dude. Totally ZZ, lost it. The, the, yeah, the beards. Um, <laughs> so we just now refer to the two of them as the beards. But <laughs> Steve. Steve's full name is Steven, obviously. And then Matt Sheck and Matt Wolf are both Matthew Steven. So it's this weird, like multi name. Both of their middle names is Steven. Yeah, that's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, how does that? Exist? How does that happen? How it's just a crazy coincidence. Like, oh, so yeah, so <laughs> so that's that for you. <laughs> there was a kid in my um in my first grade class, and I went to him. You know. Second, third, and all that. Um, his name was Shane. Okay. And his last name was Aldrick. Oh, shit. With a K. <laughs> it makes it so class. hard. Wait, no, it's Allrich. Sorry. Allrich. Allrich. It missed the D. So he had to do Shane A-L-R. I had to do Shane A-L-D on our homework Oh, assignment. my gosh. So she knew who it was. Yeah. No, I mean, what, what else are you going to do <laughs> right. besides calling them one and two? Like, you can't do that. <laughs> right. There's two guys in my office that b- are both named Rob, and they, oh, okay. and and they're friends outside of work. They've been friends for years, and oh, they God. like they play music together, and they call <laughs> themselves the Robs, and it's fun. it's funny. Um, but they both work in the same department. Gotcha. So people have reverted to calling them R one and R two. Because the one the one Rob was working there first, and then the second Rob came in after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's R one, R two. That's great, but we didn't. I was I was kind of disappointed in myself when we did our first episode. We didn't really talk about where you work and what you do. Yeah, my my uh, my professional. We like touched on it. We tossed it in there, and then we just went on our little stupid tangents. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I have a I have a problem with just like promoting, not not so much myself because right. um, I have owned my own graphic design and printing business for the better part of six years, I would say. Yeah. Um, but I've been working in the graphic design, printing, signs, mm-hmm. digital art space for. A uh, good fifteen years now, um, and that all being said, I've worked for companies. I've done my own thing. I'm back to working for a company. Yeah. Um, so my business is basically um, 
it's word of mouth and it's a lot of referrals. Mm -hmm. And because I've been working a full-time job for the past year and a half, I haven't been pushing it the way that I was pushing it when I was, um, when I was working for myself, because when I was working for myself, I had to constantly be hustling and talking to people and trying to get, trying to get business and phone calls and all that kind of stuff. And now that I have, you know, a full-time nine to five job and I am able to kind of, get a, you know, steady paycheck. Yeah. I'm like, well, I would like to pay for, you know, something new or my car needs to be fixed or, right. or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, I could always use the extra money from the business right. on, to- on top of the, 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 um, the salary job. Right. But life, man, life gets in the way, you know I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it's tough, you know, I got to be honest with myself and just say like I haven't been pushing my business as much, which is something that I'm definitely going to be changing and uh you know, it it just it's that balance between how long do you work versus how long do you relax. Right. And it's a delicate balance when half the half the year in you know, the Chicagoland area, it's freaking below zero you know it's snowing it's raining it's just an all-around nasty crappy day and it's like yeah oh i could i could work or i could just hang out hang out and do do my own thing and chill out because i gotta go back to work in two days and and you know can't really go outside and do stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, right now it's we're we're totally turning the corner. We're early spring in the Chicagoland area. People are it's pretty out. enjoying life right now. I can wear a t-shirt a couple days. Oh out of man, the week. <laughs> yesterday was beautiful, dude. Yeah, it was yesterday a good day. just those are good days oh. when it's like a, like a teetering to yeah. 60, 60 something degrees. You know, yeah, like, yeah. And then there's there's a nice breeze. Right. It's not obnoxious winds that cut your face off in <laughs> yeah. negative two degrees. Oh my god! Are you just trying to get indoors? Right, right. It's two seconds of hell because you're like shit. Oh man, it's so rough. <laughs> Especially down here next to the near the lake. Yeah. It's just like wind yeah. tunnels everywhere. Just, oh god. There's one. Off of Roosevelt downtown, it's literally flipped over like big, like U-Haul trucks. Oh my gosh! Because the wind is so gnarly, it's well, just like knocked over. Elliot's witnessed it. Yeah, <laughs> it's the only it's, reason why I know it exists. Right, right. It's <laughs> uh, it's you know, the the term "windy city" for the city of Chicago yeah. was not coined because the city has wind tunnels or it's windy, all that. Not at all. Um, <laughs> It was. It was. It's a political term. It's. It has to do with the the Chicago politicians and flip flopping and cutting deals and just yeah. being shady. Well, so, a lot of our governors have gone to jail. Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> there's that. You know. Um, but it's funny because people outside of Chicago are just like, "Oh man, it's windy. It's crazy windy." Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, it kind of is. It kind of works on mm-hmm. two levels, but. That's not what it was intended for, right? But I yeah. get it. Well, J. Um, J. B. Pritzker uh, brought a bill to the you know Illinois Senate, and they were. I'm not really into politics, everybody. I just found this fascinating because I was in this world. Um, they sign. They're signing a bill um, that makes smoking and vaping um, 
a 21 year old and up law instead of 18, which for cigarettes, I completely understand. Like I'm, I smoked for years. This shit's bad. Yeah. It is not what alcohol does to you. So it's kind of weird because, you know, alcohol inhibits you. Yeah. Cigarettes kill you. Yeah, well, well, alcohol, <laughs> so kill, it, alcohol yeah. kills you too. Absolutely. I mean, alcoholism will kill you. But, right. you know, I mean, the vaping one is what I'm interested in because yeah, he's, he allegedly, from what I read, he's on uh, the board of Juul. The e-cigarette, if I'm not mistaken, this is allegedly. I don't really know this information. I don't mm-hmm. need to be attacked. <laughs> um, but allegedly, he's on. He was one of the first people to actually invent invest in the company, mm. and they're huge right now. Mm-hmm. It's outrageous how big Jewel is. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of weird that he's passing this law for 21. Yeah. It. I mean, dude, the political sphere is something so that that's just pertaining to like. It's not really corrupt. It's just weird. It's yeah. I mean, it's conflict of interest kind yeah. of things. You know, in in this day and age, unfortunately, the conflict of interest isn't. It's it isn't very cared about. You know, they don't pe- people don't really care about conflicts of interest right now. No, and I don't know. Totally. I, I don't. I don't know enough about the topic, and I don't know enough about. Right. Unfortunately, I don't know enough about right. our own state's politics. Correct. Um, <laughs> I'm with you on that. To really comment edu- educatedly. You yeah, know, yeah. like I wouldn't want to do that. So um, let's move on from that. Yeah, let's absolutely. Go ba- yeah, we'll, let's go, we'll, go, we'll go back to, um, to, 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 my, to what I currently do for work. <laughs> Weird segues, man. Um, sorry, folks. But we, 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 we do that a lot. Yeah, it happens. So <laughs> even, um, even off this <laughs> in, in real life conversation. Um, yeah. So with my with my job, I or my career, I studied at the Illinois Institute of Art in Schaumburg uh, as a four year. Bachelor, it was a four year program. Yeah. Bachelor's. OK. Bachelor's in visual communications, which I said in the previous episode is really a fancy way of saying graphic designer, digital arts. Right, right. Um, so one of the things that has kind of happened to me over the course of my career is the merging of digital media. You know, not, not so much like the actual products merging, but the roles and responsibilities of the people doing the work. So... When I was going to school in the early 2000s, I graduated in 2005, uh, or I graduated from high school in 2001 and uh, college in 2005. And you kind of watched everything evolve at that point then. Yeah, like yeah. Into what it is now. Oh, how crazy it is. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's a it's a crazy, like, constant learning curve. Right. You know, like... It doesn't sit still for very long. And this is kind of the detriment of what I thought, what I believe the schooling was, is that at the time, the schooling was pretty new with the industry changing as rapidly as it was. Right. So they developed these, you know, these, um, these fields of study, graphic design, uh, multimedia web, de- web design, 
interior design and uh, computerized animation. Gotcha. When I went to the Schomburg campus, they had those four majors, and I went into the graphic design because when I was in high school, I was into photography and Unfortunately, I didn't know you were in photography. Yeah, I've seen a couple of your paintings slash drawings. In yeah, your, in your apartment, but I've never or your condo. Sorry. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, I didn't. I've never really put my a lot of my photography out there, and okay. a lot of it was when I was in high school. So it was the stuff that I was interested in at the time, which was like these local punk rock ska ska core shows. Um, <laughs> When we were in high school, there there was a skate park in Woodstock, Illinois, and I can't even remember the name of it. But they had a room off to the side on the on like the second story in this big warehouse, and kids were riding half pipes and bowls and whatnot in the in the skate park on skateboards and bikes and mm-hmm. everything in between. And in this like banquety kind of room, they would just have punk rock shows on like Fridays and Saturday nights. Hell yeah. And like local punk rock bands would come out there and just, you know, throw down. Yeah, yeah. Shitty, shitty music, but they, Still a good you time. know, yeah, it was, it was a blast. And I would go there with my camera. I'm guessing there was barely any cover. It was like five bucks, five bucks you know, yeah, five yeah, bucks, yeah. but you're scraping five bucks because you're 17 <laughs> or whatever, you know? And Mom, I just, what can I do oh, around man. the house to get five bucks? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> done that too many times yeah right dude <laughs> that's funny dude my mom loved to landscape with rocks yeah so she would do like these these beds around the um around the trees in the yard yeah and they all had these like medium-sized bolt little boulders little rocks whatever yeah and she would pay me a dollar a rock to take my dad's like mini truck yeah over to the like the neighboring towns are all like quarry lands like there's a lot it's a real rocky area and when they had new development i would just go dig through the i'd go dig through the dirt and i'd pick up rocks and put them in the back of the truck and bring them home (laughs) and she'd pay me a dollar for a dollar each rock oh wow and if i was able to get like a big rock you know like something that was pretty strenuous for me to get in i'd get like five bucks for it you know like big ones but for the The nice like sixteen inch softball sized rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd get a dollar. So that was like sixteen, seventeen years old for me. Yeah. I was a weirdo <laughs> and for some reason I wanted to mow the lawn so bad. Right? Dude, I love mowing the lawn. Okay, cool. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, I, when I was in college <laughs> when I when I was in college, I got a job working for the neighborhood that I grew up in, the gardens. Yeah. It's a little unincorporated, just off off the beaten path kind of neighborhood mm-hmm. for the longest time. Um, you know, that that's why we had such a fun childhood was just being in that community. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, in co- when I was in college, like my sophomore year, yeah. I did a summer of mowing the lawns in the gardens, like oh, all okay. the, all the community lawns. So the baseball fields, yeah. the parks, it was so really? much fun, dude. It was so much fun because just toss on headphones. Yeah, it, but there were no iPod, iPods, no, or you had phones. A Walkman, dude. I had, I had the CD Walkman, yeah, right? Yeah, I and had I, one too. And I would wear, I would wear cargo shorts, <laughs> and I had my CD case in one pocket and my CD player in the other pocket. Yeah, and I was just jamming on this Dixie, <laughs> this Dixie Chopper, the Independent Drive, like 
just making turns on a dime nice. in, in wet weather, you know, yeah. just ripping up the field. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, dude, that was fun because uh, that was when me, myself, and Kurt and Pete were really, like, we were really tight during that time, and I was mowing the lawns, yeah. and they were always at you know at the house and everything. But um, again, we have gone so far off the topic of no, what no, I, no. I was going to bring it back. Don't worry, I was. Okay. I got. Don't worry. Okay, I got so, you, boo boo. So essentially, I got to really try here. So you were. So you, your photography in high school. I was. was I was doing rock. photography, punk rock, football. I was really into football and, and yeah. all of that. You know, I was. I was an athlete in high school. Um, and then I decided to go to, for my senior year, I decided to go to, um, basically the vocational school. Okay. Um, a lot of, a lot of people probably now know it as like technology campus or something like that, but it was an off off site school mm-hmm. where they taught more specific fields. Okay. So you had like your auto mechanics, your building trades, welding, gotcha. cosmetology, and then they had this like whole digital art side of things and they had like TV production, web development, graphic design and photog- and yeah, photography. It wasn't digital photography though. So this was like the year 2000, 2001, right? Cuz this was yeah. my senior year. So I graduated in the beginning of 2001 mm-hmm. but started my senior year in August of 2000. Right. So Digital photography was still like super expensive. It wasn't the norm. Yeah. You know? So I have a funny story. (laughs) We were still working with film cameras Mm -hmm. and I got this badass film camera. Sure. And I had like this killer lens and accessories and the whole kit and caboodle, man. And I was taking pictures of these bands that I went to high school with. Right. You know? And it was a blast. And then after high school, those bands all disbanded and everything because everyone went away to college. But I was still local. Mm-hmm. And Matt Shack was in bands. Sure. This was like his junior, senior year. And he was in uh, he was in a band. I can't remember. Behold, this pale, Behold the Pale Horse, I believe they were called. Okay. And they didn't, I don't think they had a vocalist. I, I wasn't around for that. But his second band... Um, was a, a hardcore band called Beneath the Sash and Sky. Gotcha. And three of the members of Beneath the Sash and Sky later went and formed Flowers for Dorian. Flowers for Dorian was pretty big in the Chicago scene for a few years. Yeah. And then... Gonna they, have Matt Sheck on. The yeah, gi- dude. The guitarist. Yeah, the guitarist of Flowers for Dorian, Matt Sheck. He's also the... Um, the man who made my logo. Yes, the 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 slap ass man. The slap so, ass guy. <laughs> slap ass guy. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, I was taking pictures for all of Matt's bands and everything, mm-hmm. and like Flowers was getting big, and around the time that Flowers was getting big, I was I was already in the graphic design world because photography took a back seat to design when I went to college because mm-hmm. the college that I went to didn't offer photography or digital digital photography which now in hindsight i'm happy about that yeah because there's a lot of startup to like being a photographer a working photographer um there's a lot a lot of expense with that i got a couple of friends who are photographers and Mm -hmm. they've probably got you know 
$25,000 worth of gear and, and they're lugging it around all these shows and events and all this stuff. And I'm just like, I'm totally cool with it. But, um, right. I decided to do graphic design in college, not really knowing what I was getting myself into. Interesting. Yeah. I was, I was, uh, I've always kind of been curious. I'm, I mean, so you were 18 when you, you were smarter than me when computers were a thing. Like I was, Wait, when you were yeah, when you were eighteen, I was nine. I was watching mom and Paul use it, and right? I wasn't using it, but you were probably well, yeah, trying I mean, giving it a whirl, right? It wasn't even so much that it was it was becoming more of the norm at that time. That's what so, I mean. So you were like when I when I was in you know middle school and even in high school, um, people weren't kids weren't walking around with laptops. Kids weren't walking around with tablets and, and things like that that they do now. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. It, it is, you know, but it's it's also really progressive, and that's pretty cool. Like, oh no, these kids yeah, these kids know how to do a lot of stuff <laughs> on on computers because it's just been their entire life, you know. Yeah. I unfortunately did not have a computer my entire life, you know. Right. I remember. Great in grade school doing book reports and looking at looking up things in encyclopedias, making dioramas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but then those were always fun. Middle middle school there were there were a few computers. You know, maybe like the science classes had one computer, but no one ever really used them in those classes. We we started having like keyboard classes. Classes. Yep. There were computers in the in the library, but there were only like six or eight or something like that. And I had, had to take a keyboard class. It was required. Right. I see. When I was going through high school, we, it wasn't required to take a keyboarding class. Gotcha. So I. I'm pretty good with typing, mm-hmm. but I don't do it the way that you're supposed to. I don't line my fingers up. I don't. I, I never worked. Never worked through those steps. So interesting. Yeah, there were a lot of like in my education. There were a lot of there were a lot of like minimums. Gotcha. And I took every one of them. Right. I took every minimum that I could. So I only t- I, the the minimum requirement in high school was to have. Two years of math and science. Oh, okay. So freshman, sophomore year, I took math and science. Junior, senior year, I didn't take a math or a science class. I had to take math and science all four years. Yeah. Every single year. Yeah. No. That's weird. That's cool, though. Yeah. I mean, it (laughs) was... Kind of jealous of that. It was really nice because in high school, it allowed me the opportunity to take electives that I was actually interested in. And... I learned more from doing something and being taught while doing it rather than being told something and learning on my own. Right. You know, it's just the way that my brain operates. And that's one of the reasons why I decided to go into the digital arts Mm -hmm. or, or essentially the arts. Um, For a while I was doing a lot of like hand painting stuff and a lot, you know, I was doing a decent amount of drawing I haven't really done done a lot of that, you know. You get older and things just kind of change, and yeah, everyone everyone has a different viewpoint on it, you know. Matt right. Matt Shack is is the guy. He's he's drawing every day. He's incredible, you know, and he's playing guitar every day yeah. or whatever, you know, whatever it is. And for me, I'm just I'm not that type of person that like 
it's consuming to me and I need to do it all the time. I'm like, gotcha. I kind of, I'm kind of like, I'll get around to it. So is, do you, I, I, I mean, right. Like what you're doing right now with, uh, Kara and you're building this, you know, new table, yes. which, which is really cool. Do you have any other like hobbies? Um, I do like to like something that's kind of like therapeutic to you in a sense. Yeah. You know, um, basically working with my hands. I okay. like to work with my hands. Um, yeah. and that's something that I lack in the digital art space from time to time. Gotcha. When I first got into my career after I graduated from college, um, I started working for a company called Graphic Alliance and, um, I worked there for seven and a half years and I won't bore everyone with all the, you know, details and dirty details and all that kind of stuff. But the time that I spent there shaped my career. It shaped who I am as a designer. And I'm not only a designer, I'm also a builder and a finisher and a printer. And, um, those are the things about the industry (laughs) that I love. Okay. You know, um, the, the the company I worked for, Graphic Alliance, it was a small operation. Uh, when I first started, it was myself, the owner, and another person, another employee. Right. And I was there for seven and a half years, and at multiple points in that time, we had upwards of five total employees, including the owner. Oh, wow. And we had, at times, I'm the lowest... I'm assuming the owner was doing the same stuff you were doing. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, he was he was in it 100%. course, You know, yeah, just, just... Jamming it out. But it wasn't just that. I mean, we were a, we were a design-printing sign shop, and yeah. we would go out and we would do signage in restaurants and on buildings oh, and, cool. you know, on, on cars and things like that. So um, that part of it is what shaped my you know who I am in the industry like I'm not I'm not always comfortable and at ease sitting at a desk for eight hours a day five days a week that's fair you know I like to get out I like to get my hands dirty I like to put my hands on things and make yeah. it make it what it can be and make it cool and and fresh and yeah. you know um one of the differences, be, there are many differences between Matt Shack and I as artists. You know, he is mm-hmm. more of a, he has more of a cartoonist style um, yeah. with his own brand. And I am more of a client facing, happy medium, sure. uh, c- corporate, more corporate. Um, not to say that I work with corporate companies, per, you know, yeah. but um, I, I do more the business side of things, the professional side of things where Matt does the more independent side of things. Right. Um, so a lot of times Matt has had people who are like, Oh man, can you make me a logo? Um, but I don't want it to look anything like your brand. And Matt's like, I don't do that because I'll make you a logo. Like Shane, he made you your logo for the, for the podcast. It's my, it's my new favorite thing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It should be. It's great. It's Um, amazing. You know, I've always loved his work, but that is that's what he does. He does mm. his he does his style. He does his brand his way, you know. Or or he doesn't do it, but he he'll then refer people to me. He'll be like, if you want like a corporate piece, like a branded piece, he's like, my buddy's a designer. You know, yeah. he'll he'll design you a logo. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, I was, and I've, that's where you're gonna come in on helping me with my. 
online logo. With, yeah, with your branding and everything. Yeah, so, I'm gonna. Cool. Yeah, we. I definitely want a card. Yeah, we'll we get, get that. That's we, easy. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. What I was thinking is just having the logo on front, mm-hmm. and then all the information on the back. Yeah, man. It's don't worry about it. We'll we'll take <laughs> care of that. That's that's not pod talk, bro. That's not pod talk. <laughs> okay. Um, sorry. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I guess with my career, it's like there have been all these weird different little things that I've done and, and yeah. I've worked, I've worked for a handful of companies and everything, but you know, the, to answer your question about hobbies, it's like, well, you have a motorcycle. I do have a motorcycle and working on that. one, and that's, that's another like using my hands for yeah, something, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Um, over the winter I decided that I wanted to dig into a couple of projects on my bike mm-hmm. and Matt Sheck's dad, Joe is a welder and fabricator and he, you know, he has his, uh, his real job, his full-time job. I, I don't know if I should say real job, but he has, his, <laughs> he has his full-time job and then he does welding and fabricating for some, you know, some clients on cool. the side. Um, and I had asked him if he would help me with a couple of things and he was like, yeah, sure. No problem. So I think it started in like January, like the beginning of January. Um, we, we started building a, a new sissy bar or backrest sissy bar kind of gotcha. combo for for my bike, and you know, and then it's like evolved into we're working on these brackets for the turn signals, and yeah. we're working on something else. And then I wanted, I also want to do an ex- a new exhaust, and yeah. I found a guy on eBay who's in Maine, the, the state of Maine, right. who's parting out the same type of bike as mine. So I'm like buying a bunch of parts from him so I can have different options of That's so cool. what I'm going to do with this and what I want to do with that. So yeah, I mean, I'm did like, you, did you spend a lot of time with Keith? I didn't spend a lot of time with Keith. Um, Keith is my grandfather. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Everybody. It's uh, it's, it's uh, Kurt's father. Right. And I, I grew up in Kurt's home basically. Yeah. Did you guys like hang out in the garage with him? No. Kurt, <laughs> Kurt wanted, Kurt wanted nothing to do with that. Okay. Um, which now in hindsight for me, like I kind of find it to be a bummer because that is a valuable trait to have, you know, which I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that I don't have some of that. Yeah. Um, I like to do stuff. I've remodeled yeah. rooms in, in, in my houses. I've, yeah. you know, done drywall work and all that kind of stuff. And I've, I built a, a closet, you know, just a little bump out closet kind of thing in one of my old houses. Um, but with the auto mechanic stuff, which your grandfather is really good at, um, yeah, yeah, he's he's crazy with it. He's, yeah, every time I've had a car issue, I go to him, yeah. and then I'm like, "You got to show me what you're doing." I mean, right. Like, I'm not gonna learn it off the first time, but I'm like, I want to understand what you're doing real quick. Absolutely, and, and he's always like, "Yeah, absolutely." Yeah. Well, he didn't get that with Kurt. Kurt wanted nothing to do with that side of things. Right. Kurt was, you know, Kurt was 100% sports 100% of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just, there was a, there was a divide in that. I mean, we'd go out there and we'd like hang out in the garage and um, yeah. your grandpa Keith would have, would have like guys be over or whatever and they were shooting the shit or they were working on a car together or, right. you know, or he's by himself working on his motorcycle so I saw it a lot, but I never like got in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad is 
a really handy guy. Okay. So my dad's a um, tool and tool and die machinist by trade. Okay. But he's more of a builder now. Gotcha. So like there are guys that make parts, and then the parts get handed off to my dad, and my dad puts this machine together that was engineered by the engineer. And oh wow. All this kind of stuff, and he works with like the electrician and the pneumatics guy, and or he's doing the pneumatics himself. I don't even mm-hmm. know, man. It's it's crazy. It's wild to see the stuff that he does. Yeah. And then you like think about how fucking crazy hard he's like working, and you know it's long. Sorry, it's long days and <laughs> it's long days and short nights, and you know it's it's all that kind of stuff. So you, you know, and you. And for me, I've been witnessing him do this since my childhood. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, you just got to be exhausted, <laughs> you know. Um, but that's the beauty of the times in society that we live in now is that we don't necessarily have to work th- that hard. Now, don't get me wrong. There are still people that work their fucking asses off every single day. And whether they're struggling or you know, that's just their personality or whatever, you know, I commend, right. I commend those people 100%. Um, Drew's one of them now. Yeah, dude. Very I mean, happy for him. He yeah. really, he really enjoys it. It's, and it's great, man. It's, it's great when you have that fire and passion for, for something that you do and it doesn't mm-hmm. even have to be work. If it is, you know, work, then that's awesome. But if it's yeah. a, if it's a hobby, if it's a, a certain type of lifestyle and that you're just fired up about like, no, well, he knows. That's and it, great. It's it's cool to have friends that know how to fix things, because then I can call him up, be like, "Yo, bro, what's the issue here? What's going on? Right. Talk to me." He'd be like, "All right, I'll just come look at." It's like, yeah. "Yeah, that's cool." Yeah. I mean, that I'm not that kind of guy. Sure. <laughs> I don't get me wrong. I have like Jim and his buddies when they were building the basement. I helped lay down the floors. Mm-hmm. I helped with you know putting up the walls and stuff like that. Most of the time, I was just cleaning because they need something to clean. Right. He's got. Jim worked in that field for a while, and then he's got two buddies. Or he's got one who's just a professional. Yeah, he just Kevin does everything. Yeah, and then, uh, but yeah, they would like have me lay down floors for cash and stuff like that, so I can make some money. There you go. Yeah, but so that's my experience with like building and stuff like that. Now, grandpa, you know, my grandfather showed me about cars. I can't really go to a car and be like, oh, I know exactly what's right. wrong. And I would never do that either. <laughs> like that's just not my that's not my style. And right. then. As I got older, but it is strange that it's just becoming this thing that's right, just fleeting away because yeah. everything's becoming automated, and right. you just need to learn to code. Right, exactly. Well, and that's that's a a thing that is a struggle right now with uh, in within society. Yeah. It's like the trades are not being pushed the way that college is being pushed, the way that you know, like right. getting that getting that degree so you can go out and get that certain job in banking or in business or something like that and it's like you still need plumbers you still need electricians and and build and guys to build things and you know i mean if if those jobs become someone's gonna have to fix the robots (laughs) well, well not even just that it's like the robots aren't gonna build houses i mean they they can they absolutely can but they're for, not, not for a long time. No, it, no, it's it's not a sustainable thing. You know, it's not. So, still need manpower. There, but there's still too many variables with that kind of stuff. And right. when they when they talk about, you know, I know like Tesla is building like uh, self driving trucks or some crap like that. They're still gonna need someone in the car though, because there's human drivers on the road. 
I, I just don't understand how that's a possibility. I mean, if if you were going to do a mass swap out... Dude, it's like 200 years away for that yeah. to be like a whole thing Mm-mm. with every single person in an automated car and then the traffic is just moving because it's just automation and every car knows exactly where every car is. Right. If that's the system... Because that's like the system that they're basically talking about is just like this whole hive mind of cars that can just travel with themselves and wherever you need to go and there's not going to be an issue. Yeah. For that to actually be a full-fledged thing with the whole population of either the United States or the freaking world, for that matter, Bert, 200 years away. <laughs> just the in, just the infrastructure and, and yeah, launch of it would be ridiculous. Yeah, people who like old cars. Well, yeah, that, that too. Like, like what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with the people that struggle to even buy a car now? Right. You know, like now all of a sudden they have to buy this hive car. Yeah. You know, this hive mind car or something like right. that. Or, you know, to even like drive on the roads and it's like, no, dude. It's. Just, I mean, so many of those things, so many of those tech, technology things, they sound so amazing it and so, so like yeah, it sounds cool, doable, and like oh my god, it saves so much time and money and yeah. blah 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 blah. And it's like, but the logistics, right, and reality of the yeah. situation, it's like you can't do that. You, you know? can get. We can get to the point where at least. Or at, yeah, at least seventy five percent of cars are electric. We can get to that point where everybody has an electric car. Yeah, I would say I would say that where be. people's everyday cars are electric because yeah, we don't want to fuck up the world. We want it to last longer, mm-hmm. but we can still own those you know muscle cars. Yeah, right. from back in the day. Yeah, like those are always you want to hear that. Yeah, those pops just a pop. You know, oh yeah. God. like Uncle Buck's car. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <coughs> but yeah, I, th- I think I I I definitely agree with sustainability and how we need to get to that point. But to get to the point of like crazy self-driving cars while you're just chilling in the car with your phone—that's just crazy. That's yeah. that's just, yeah, how long? Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Right, with you. I agree just, with you. It's just that it's not it's not feasible right now. No. <laughs> it, it, it absolutely is not. So getting to the moon again is more feasible than that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think getting to the moon would be. I, I mean, I'm, I can't say easy. I'm not a. Well, yeah, we're not mathematician right. <laughs> and astronaut and all the things that go into getting people to the moon. But you know, we've done it. We've done it once. Hey, we could do it you know, again, I especially mean, with where we're at now. Yeah. And what Tesla's doing, or SpaceX is doing with theirs. And then you got Jeff Bezos trying to take over the world. He's taking over the world, man. He's a madman. It's awesome. It's It's so cool to watch. It's cool and terrifying at the same time. And this is the whole, like, political, sociology, you know, um, societal kind of shit that, like, is really dicey. I mean, it's really... It's it's dicey, but we we. I mean, you haven't thought about it. <laughs> oh, I've de- I definitely have my opinions on it. I'm not entirely sure I want to put those opinions out. That's into the, fair. The podcast stratosphere. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, not a lot. The thing is with this. I mean, don't get me wrong. If this ever gets successful, people can always go back and be like, "Hey, you, you thought that?" Yeah. So get pissed at me and be like, "Well, oh, man." Well, and and there's evolution too, like evolution oh, right. of. Who you are, yeah, day by day, year by year. So I think when you 
Put out your... I mean, and don't get me wrong. It's not like you're... In, I don't think you're going to shout out an opinion that insults these people. No, I, I, mean, I don't think so either. But I'm also like not super well educated on the... on That's... The, f- on everything. I pay too so. much attention to the, to the robots just because Terminator. <laughs> Dude, I honestly believe that all of these people yeah. that are doing this... 23andMe, Ancestry.com. Yeah. Have you done any of these? I, I don't have the money to do it. Okay, okay, good. So I'm not going to... I can't justify I'm spending not gonna di- $100 on I'm, that. I'm Get not, the fuck out of here. I'm not going to directly... It's not going to be directed at you yeah. because I'm sitting right in front of you. But all of these Ancestry... <laughs> Send me your DNA. Like, what are you doing? I know. What are you doing? You can't do that, man. Like, that is how Skynet was made. I know. They're skynetting us. Like, they're going to build fucking Terminators, I man. know. That look like us. That, yeah. All of a sudden, the real Terminator Schwarzenegger shows up. Terminator Schwarzenegger from 84. Like, right. I'll be back. Pump you up, y'all. Right. Like, the, the main reason why I don't care and don't want to spend my money on it is because I don't, I don't, I don't know my real father, so I don't really give a shit. <laughs> like, I don't know the guy who, you know, yeah, in, in, you know, <clears throat> who made this happen. Yeah, I don't. It, so it doesn't really matter to me what I am. Right. I know, like, I'm. I'm, I'm I'm German. Okay. I'm from my mother's side, and I know that's what you inherit most is your mother's side. Of okay. All that. So I know I'm like German and Irish, but yeah. that's, that's all I need to know. I don't really care. <laughs> exactly. I'm like fifth generation here, so right. like, or fourth generation. Right. So Who it cares? It doesn't really matter to me what I am. I don't know, man. It's and just... giving someone my DNA just sounds like a bad idea, unless they're my doctor. Well, and, and that's the thing, too. <laughs> Dude, I saw uh, like a news report a couple of weeks ago, yeah. or maybe this was like a month or two ago now, but uh, they were like, everyone was up in arms because I forget who it was, it was 23andMe maybe. Oh yeah, the, the uh, twin thing? No, no, oh, that's God. not what I was going to say. That story's hilarious. <laughs> I don't know that story. Did two twins set out their DNA, got different results. <laughs> oh my gosh. So how accurate, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Accurate, allegedly. So how accurate would they allegedly be if that was the actual case? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh-huh. So the story that I saw was that one of these genealogy places was selling off the the information. Oh my god! But it was in their it was in their contract that people don't read the contracts. Oh, that like terms, the ter- of conditions. terms of conditions. Terms of conditions, and terms it was and it was in there, <laughs> and people. It was like it was kind of a cut and dry case. It was like, well, you voluntarily sent your shit in. Yeah, you you should have read, but you didn't. Yep, you just signed the the terms. Yeah. And now legally we can do whatever we want. Yeah. You know, I mean, it comes down to like a a business ethics kind Mm -hmm. of situation, but I don't know, man, like that kind of stuff's not for me. I had to read Podbeans and iTunes when I started this. I was like, I got to read this shit. Yeah, absolutely. I read YouTube. So as well, we're going to get to the video one day. Yeah. I've decided the only, when I, when I start video is when weed becomes legal because sometimes... Sometimes I take a toot on the podcast. I don't know if any of you can fucking tell. Yeah, right. 
Who cares? Who ca- I mean, like okay. Rogan. Rogan's doing it openly. Yeah, but he's it's legal in I California, know, so like the logistics of it, right, is a little different. Sure, I'm assuming. I didn't really research into it, but I'm gonna guess visually. If you're smoking pot, it's probably not good. If your place isn't legal, because the cops can watch you live. Right. <laughs> oh, uh, let's just go. Yeah. Give him a ticket. <laughs> Interrupt his podcast. His little good time. Let's just go give him a ticket. Yeah, right. Because you know someone's watching. If I'm on the internet, if we're if you're on the internet live, someone important's watching you. <laughs> probably there's probably some truth to that. Yeah, Especially- I mean, I anytime I hear someone say stuff like, "Oh, you're being recorded everywhere," and you're you know all of this, and it's like, yeah, you you probably are, but if everyone is being recorded. I'm you not- don't you don't have the manpower <laughs> to go through any of that shit. No, like no, it's in a database. Where do you even begin? <laughs> where do you begin? Right. Because how can they tra- <laughs> how can they track you as an individual? I mean, yeah, they can do it through your cell phone, but what about when you're having conversations and you're not by your phone or yeah, you yeah, know yeah. like that kind of stuff? So but I don't know. Everybody's always by their phone, man. I understand that, but sometimes they're not. True. You know, I mean, like for, I try my best to throw it away. Yeah, for me, I'm going I need to start doing that more unless at, I'm like needing my phone to work on something. Right. At work at work I have two meetings a week gotcha. that are like department meetings uh-huh. and I don't bring my phone to those meetings. That's smart. Because there's no there's no reason for it my me- phone to be there. A I'm at work so I shouldn't be fucking around. Right. And B not only am I at work but I'm in a private meeting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? So I yeah, if you're even... looking at your phone in a meeting, you're a jackass. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's just rude. It is. It is really rude. And it's very unprofessional in my opinion. I mean I agree. I every yeah. I, I mean, can't sit I can't sit here and say that I'm, you know, the greatest employee in the world and, right. and I do no wrong or anything like that, but there's just a time and a place for, you know, certain things and a meeting. A close a closed door meeting with you know five or six other people is not the time nor no. the place to be dicking around on your phone. And if you believe that they're listening, you probably shouldn't bring it in there. Yeah, right. <laughs> if so. you if you uh, are in a shady business, <laughs> yeah, right. No cell phones. <clears throat> yeah, leave leave your cell phones at the front door, <laughs> or else we're gonna go take like a in, walk. Like in Son, Sons of Anarchy, man. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. When they all went into their what they you know, did you watch Sons of Anarchy? Oh, absolutely. Okay, that's one of my favorite shows. I, did, I never got through the end of the series. I'm oh, like, oh, dude, the ending's the best. <laughs> don't spoil it for me, I'm please. Not spoiling shit. I know. It's I, so good. I know. I've had like six years to <laughs> oh, you know God. to watch it. Yeah, it's been off air for a really long time. Right. Me and Skirky watched. I think we watched the finale together. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, we watched the finale together. It's gotten in those like middle seasons. It's like the same thing over and over again. Like, I just got kind of bored of it. I got bored of Shameless too, man. The same. Oh, dude, I can't. I, I they just I. They're done with the second half of this last season, and I'm like, I don't even want to watch this shit. Yeah, they just took the it too far. The first five seasons are incredible. Yeah, dude, tears all the time <laughs> watching that show. It's so deep. Yeah, it was so well written. Yeah, and then it just got mainstreamed up, and they just couldn't. Uh, they need to, in my opinion, how they should end the show is kill Frank. Yeah, that's literally. The one person you should kill that would make the story 
The ending, incredible. Didn't uh, didn't the chick who plays Fiona leave? I the, the she left the show. I haven't. I want. I don't know the ending. I'm assuming something happens. Oh, I, I don't know about the ending. I like I said. I, I hope only they got like. I hope they don't kill her. Only, that's fucking yeah. All, that's horseshit. That's dark. That's <laughs> too dark. Like you're not gonna kill Frank, but you're gonna kill the the yeah. character everybody's rooting for the yeah, whole right? time. The whole time. The whole time. Even though you're rooting for everybody, yeah, because Kevin's the best, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I like that guy. Oh, that my. actor. He's I don't. So even, I don't even know his name, but he's been. He was in, in Reba. Yeah, he was in Reba, <laughs> and he was the only part of that show that made it watchable. Because <laughs> he was, he was such an idiot. But dude, the thing that drives me crazy about like sitcoms and shit like that, yeah, is how dumb they make the white guy all the time. Like. I get <laughs> I get that you're trying to like downplay certain things, yeah. racial t- tensions and divides hey, and whatnot. Yeah. But why do they have to be so dumb all the time and just nowadays? Clueless? Yeah, like just uh, it's not even nowadays. Like it's been going on forever. They make the Are like you referring to like Joey from Friends. <laughs> see that's that yes, but that was balanced out with the other two guys who were. Smart Three, yeah. and, and and yeah, two guys. Sorry, yeah. you know they were smart and they were quick witted yeah. and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm talking about like some of the hackier shows, you know, like the uh, according to Jim. Oh yeah, and shit like that. You know, like <laughs> like Home Improvement had the the dopey dad, but he wasn't an idiot. Like right. he had his dopey goofy moments. Yeah, his dad moments. Right, but <laughs> but he was he was a. Uh, he was a man too. Yeah, you know, yeah. he wasn't like, oh, "I'm a dumb kid. I don't know what I'm doing." Right. I'm a kid in an adult man's body. It's yeah. like, dude, come on. Like, it is. It is a little strange that you put. Yeah, I mean, like I've I've noticed it. I've never really thought about it though. It's, it's interesting. It's all the time, man. Like, yeah. in, it's in commercials. You know, like the the guy goes to open the blinds, and the next thing you know, he's like trapped in the blinds. Oh my god, I'm in the yeah. blinds. Like. Have you ever found yourself in a situation like that in your life? Never, ever, If ever. you have trouble with blinds, <laughs> you got more problems than just blinds, yeah, man. They make, them, like, they make them borderline <laughs> mentally challenged. Yeah, it's insane. Like, I'm offended on a few levels. I'm offended as a... You know, just a little bit, right? Like, I mean, and it's it's ridiculous for the two of us white men, like, kind of playing into this stereotype of. But, but I'm talking about other white men, like, yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah, I, I've kind of. So I grew up with the Farley. Yeah, Kurt. When Kurt showed me Tommy Boy, right. That was a revelation for me as as a young child. I'm right, like, of holy course. Holy crap! Well, and I've always been chubby. Mm-hmm. Chris Farley is literally the epitome of what most jolly chubby guys are like. Sure, but he just does it times ten. Right. So I learned from that. So I've always kind of had this struggle. Like, am I the dumb fat guy? Right. You know what I mean? Like, am I that? Because I, I, you know, I. I've definitely grown up and I don't act as crazy or sure. immature anymore. Right. But I still have my moments. Of course. <laughs> of course. And, you know, I mean, and, and you're going to continue to grow and you're going to continue to mature and, yeah. and all of that. But for right now, like, be you, man. Like, that's yeah. the whole thing that I've always that I've always thought. It's like, it's great to have that type of 
role model and something to look up to and aspire to being that you share some similarities with a person, but to be just a carbon copy of that person to be, you know, acting exactly the same way. Can't do that. You can't do that. You have to, you have to be that person in your own way, you know? Um, and that's why I don't do Coke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that that's a that's a great start, man. I, I'm I'm good job. Um, I love Chris Farley. Yeah, and 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 we right. We all we all love Chris Farley, and you know, and I don't think I've ever met anybody who's like fuck Chris Farley. No, they're idiots. If they if they, you're like nope, you're wrong. Sorry, you're wrong. Um, yeah, dude, it's yeah. But yeah, the dopey, dopey white guy. It's 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 everywhere, man. I noticed it. I noticed it a few years back, and I've like, I've talked about it to people, and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. They, they they've I've had people literally like just ignore, yeah, the whole thing, and I'm like, really, like, right? You you can't recall that being a thing, <laughs> and they're like, no, that's weird, yeah. It's like, still, it still goes on in movies. Like, okay, maybe I'm just the guy who comes up with things, I guess. Yeah. But then I talk to someone like like Kurt, and I'm right. like, dude, you, you know, I try it out on him, and he's like, yeah, I get it, man. <laughs> you know, I, I totally understand yeah. where you're coming from, and that is kind of strange. Yeah. And talking to you, and you're like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> never thought of it. Yeah. I never thought of it like I that. I never looked into it, but right. it's always prevalent in most sitcoms. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Or or like any movie that involves young men, always. Yeah. There's always a character that's just completely dense. Yeah. <laughs> just, just it's out there. But the worst the worst ones the worst ones are like those like hokey middle of the week sitcoms. Like yeah. those half hour sitcoms like According, I really didn't like according <laughs> to Jim. That's why I keep saying it. Like it was a terrible show. Yeah. Um but you know, it's Jim Belushi just being like, what? I don't understand. Oh, oh look at me. I'm a man. Oh, I play a, I play blues in a band. I'm yeah. like, I don't. And then, it, and then, like, his wife, you know, a girl that's way too pretty for a guy like yeah. him. You're like, okay, sure. Yeah. Um, and she's like, oh, Jim. Oh, you. And you're like, what the hell is going on here? Like, or like King of Queens. Yeah, but I liked King of Queens. Like, I like King of Queens too, but his wife was too smoking for him. <laughs> oh yeah, that's for sure. I just think she's mean. Like she just comes across mean in everything she does. It's a character she could play. I I'm know. sure she's probably a sweetheart in real life. I, I, you know what? I, I saw a bunch of video of her on Joe Rogan's podcast, and yeah. she was like very nice and sweet. Yeah. And she was, she like, um, she left the Church of, of Scientology. Oh, which she, right, right, which she right. had been in like her whole yeah. like life basically, and um, she left the church and she was telling Rogan about the about her experience leaving the church and being in the church and all this crazy shit, man. And I was just like, I was, I was infatuated by this story. I'll probably, I, I haven't checked it out. There's too many Joe Rogan episodes out there, man. I was listening to him on the way in here. Yeah. And he referred back to an episode, and he's like, yeah, that was in episode 1,109. 
I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you have 1,100 episodes? He's 1,200 right now. Oh, my God. Dude, he's literally been doing this for nine years. Holy cow. It's insane. That's crazy. That's <laughs> so many hours of his voice. Oh, yeah. So many hours of him saying every word possible. That's wild. He's probably hit most words. Of course. <laughs> I mean, uh, why wouldn't he? Right. You know? It is, yeah. So it's, it's really funny, but yeah, I, I I do know this. I do know that she left Scientology. He's mentioned it plenty of times on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, because they had like a they had like a two hour conversation about like Scientology yeah. and her experience in and out and all of that. And mm-hmm. and she, you know she of course has a show that talks about leaving Scientology yep. and whatnot. And um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting. I mm-hmm. don't buy the whole Scientology thing. I think it's, I think it's hokey pokey. (laughs) Um, It's, it's yeah, no, I, I, I can't, I can't even, I I don't even acknowledge it. (laughs) If someone tells me they're a Scientologist, I'm like, Oh, I mean, how many Scientologists are we running into in the Chicago area? I know zero. Exactly. (laughs) But if someone were to be like, Hey, I'm a Scientologist, be like, Oh, cool. Yeah. It's, it's also the same as like, if you moved out to, like Arizona or Utah or Nevada or something like yeah. that. And, and like your first experience living around Mormons or native American Indians or, you know, like dude, seeing Mormons around here is the best. Oh, like, it's so oh funny. you guys look so clean. Look yeah, at right? you and your bow ties. <laughs> did you ever see, uh, that play that Trey Parker and Matt Stone did, uh, book of Mormon? Oh yeah. You saw it. Oh yeah. Oh dude, it was great. It's, it's so fucking good. Yeah. Dude. I loved that whole experience. Right. It was great. I saw it a few years ago, and I and was just like... Kudos to the Mormon church for not getting upset. They're like, oh, look, free advertisement. Yeah, cool. right? <laughs> Good on them, yeah. man. Good on them. By, and they they won 13 Tonys for that? 13. It's like the Game of Thrones of the... I'm sorry. It's like it's like the Lord of the Rings of the, of the Tonys. Yeah, right. I was like, oh, shit. They just nailed it. Yeah. So good. Spooky Mormon hell dream. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Josh. Josh Gad was the first uh, chubby. He was uh, Cunningham. Yeah. Okay. He was the first. He was the original. I saw when I saw it, I saw the guy who was. (sighs) This is going to be funny. I don't know how else to describe him. Okay. Uh, His name is Ben Platt. He's a he's a singer. He I think he just released some music because I've seen him like on the internet and okay. whatnot over the last couple of months. But uh, he was in the movie Pitch Perfect. Okay, and he was kind of like a bigger role because he was memorable. He yeah. was like, did you see that movie? Pitch Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The first one. Yeah. Yeah. He was the weird roommate of the of the leading man. Oh, the one that was in the chubby girl. Wait, no, 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 not that guy. He's the, not in Workaholics, right? No, not oh, in Workaholics. Okay, it was the guy who, like, um, <laughs> his hype man. I don't know if he was his hype man. It was the guy who, like, he the main character, the main male lead, sure. opens the like dorm room door, and the kid's standing in oh, there yeah. with like <laughs> with like a magician hat, and okay. like, and he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. hello, and he was like <laughs> creepy, but not. In a creepy way, it was like a naive, childish way. It. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while, but now I remember. Yeah, you're talking about. Memory. I just remember it because I like, I was with my, I was with 
my ex and I had like recently seen the movie with her. <clears throat> yeah. And then I went and saw Book of Mormon and he was in the show. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, it's a guy from this. <laughs> and I put that connection together. So right. I remember the name and I remember like how to get there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, man. Um, we don't need to talk about Mormon and all of no, we and all of this yeah, stuff. No, 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 we don't need to. It's okay. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're like walking the edge of a couple topics that it's like we shouldn't talk about that. Interesting. I don't mind talking about whatever. No, I, but, under, I I'm not gonna. Hmm. If I can't give my opinion, I don't. I I don't mind like bringing up a topic and being like, well, we probably shouldn't talk about that. And it's like, oh, okay, that's where our line is. Got it. No, I, I know. I don't mind bringing up our line. That's I, fine I for under, me. I understand that, but I also don't want to, I don't personally want to talk about like politics and things like that. That's so. fair. I, 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 tr- I just find it, because, okay, so for you and me, we've literally talked about from Narnia to fucking... Timbuktu, we've talked about so many topics in our days, and it's like probably my subconscious, like I like I, not triggering what we've had conversations about in the past that isn't political, and we don't really talk about politics. And I don't know, I kind of I find it kind of I look at it more as like a beat. I try to look at politics by like how they're behaving, mm-hmm. like watching the interviews and stuff like that. I kind of just more watch their personality and mm-hmm. see how shady they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so. I, I'm not, you know, we're, as Matt said, he's not really, he doesn't look into the politics that much, and neither do I. I just kind of skim through. I don't even post anything on Twitter. I just skim skim through it because it's the fastest way to get information. Mm-hmm. So, and then I watch like interviews. And I'm like, wow, you seem kind of shady. Yeah, right. <laughs> like your character just kind of irks me. Right. And then I'm like, all right, I'm done with that person. I don't really want to listen to him. So why pay attention to them? Sure. You know? Sure. Yeah, I don't really pay attention to the issue. I pay attention to the person talking about the issue, and I'm like, nah, I don't really want to learn about the issue anymore because you're involved with it. <laughs> yeah, right. Which is really, an, it's really, it's not good. It's not good. I'm not. It's no, ignorant. It's, not good. it's ignorant of. Me. I don't want to learn the issue because your face looks weird to me. <laughs> it's just a lazy part of me right. when it comes to my right. politics game. Yeah, but the, so the funny thing is. <laughs> I started paying attention to politics when I was like in my late 20s, early 30s. And what had happened was my car broke down. Mm -hmm. And while my car was getting fixed, I borrowed, my uncle had a spare car. Okay. I borrowed his car and the radio was stuck and it was stuck on a political talk radio station. Oh, no. (laughs) At first, I thought it was going to be terrible, but I agreed with a lot of the things that were being Mm -hmm. talked about. And I had that car for about two, three weeks. And after that, I found myself listening to the same station in my own car. Okay. When I got my car back. Yeah. And I've been listening to some form of that kind of information for the better part of the last like decade. Mm -hmm. And that's how I get my political and world world news updates is through these types of like independent news okay outlets kind of thing you know because everyone has an agenda and i'm not here calling anyone you know fake news or any of that kind of crap um but everyone has an agenda and their agenda is mainly for themselves yeah you know 
I just recently started getting into watching the show uh, Survivor, which is in its like 37th season or something <laughs> it's stupid. It's still going. It's still going and it's still fucking amazing. <laughs> so I never watched Survivor, right? Yeah. My entire, oh my the, the, the entire um, 30 plus years that, yeah. or I'm sorry, it's not years, yeah. 30 plus seasons because uh-huh. they do two seasons a, a year. Yeah. Um, so I n- I've never watched an episode of it. Right. And Kara is a big Survivor watcher. Gotcha. Like before we got together. So she's going in, she's watching the, se- the you know, the current season or whatever. Sure. And I like come home and she's watching it and I'm like, oh, what's this? Yeah. And I start watching it with her and I'm like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. You know, and then I get to the point where I'm like, oh, I really like this person. I'm like, yeah, I want that person to win. I want this person, <laughs> you know. So she she like turns over and, and she's like, "Do you want to watch past seasons of this?" And I was like, "Absolutely, I watch past seasons." So we like went and we wa- we went back and watched the very first season to oh, see wow. like the difference because I was going from the current season, which is yeah. you know whatever, and then going to the first season where they didn't know what the fuck they were doing like nobody right. knew what they were doing until like halfway through the season mm-hmm. and they all started playing the game and the social experiment and everything and i was just like man this is compelling ass tv <laughs> right here <laughs> compelling it's just drawn me in and i'm hooked yeah. it's like svu you know how like you go through a tear of like four or five svu episodes of course. and you're just like oh my god olivia benson's just solving crimes <laughs> everywhere Got Stabes Babes. Oh, Stabes Babes in the early seasons, man. That was great. Oh, my God. So rugged. I haven't heard that in so long. I haven't heard Stabes, Stabes Babes. Stabes Babes. Dude, me and Kurt, we just sit in the basement and just put on old episodes. Because it it's running constantly. Right. It's always on the air. It's always on the channel. <laughs> you just flip it. Got munch. <laughs> Have you ever heard John Mulaney stand up about... Uh, SVU? No. Oh, my God, dude. I'll give you a quick summary because I'm not going to do it like verbatim. Right. But he basically talks about how iced he's been with the SVU for mm, 11 years now. Yeah. And he goes, but he he continues to treat every case like it's a complete shock to him. <laughs> So it's so true. It's amazing. It's amazing. And then he like gives a bunch of examples and he's yeah. like, it's a hilarious bit that John Mulaney does on one of his like earlier uh, stand up specials. Okay. I think he I've might, watched his last two. But dude, he's so good. He's, he's, he's so good. I um, like I, I, I have an appreciation for the clean for the clean comedy. But he's not even clean. I mean, he doesn't swear a lot. He doesn't swear a lot, that's but what, he does that's swear. What, sorry, that's yeah. what I mean by clean. Like, he, I mean, he has an entire bit about getting a, a rectal exam. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yes. <laughs> so, but um, he definitely has a style, and he tells yeah. it in his way. Oh, yeah, it's not like a Joey Diaz. No, 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 no. <laughs> Joey Diaz has got style, brother. He has got all the style. He's a gangster. They're all they're like all the comedians right now are freaking awesome, dude. Like it's great. There's a lot of really good comedians. Um, two of my favorite that I recently got to see mm-hmm. are uh, Chad Daniels, okay, and then Dan Cummings. Okay, I saw Dan Cummings in August of 2018. Mm-hmm. 
um, he came through Zany's in Old Town, Chicago. Gotcha. And Karen and I got tickets, and we went and saw him at the little tiny Zany's club, which is awesome. Yeah. And then for my birthday this year, at the end of December, Kara got me tickets to see Chad Daniels at Park West in Chicago. In uh, gotcha. What is that, in Lincoln Park? I think so. Yeah, um, in downtown Chicago. So th- those were both awesome because those are two of my favorite comedians and they're still small like they're they're not playing like arenas but they're playing like clubs you Uh know they're playing park west is a pretty decent sized club and he he brought a crowd zany's in old town is a tiny little comedy club oh yeah i I went it's awesome i went to second city for i took an acting class at second city once and zany's is right there I never went because I was just too lazy and didn't Dude, have enough money to. We should go, man. We should definitely I, go. Joe Rogan's coming in on oh, June seventh. Is he playing Zanies? I don't think he's playing. No, Zanies. he's got to play something bigger. His yeah. popularity is out of control. He's he's very impressive. Yeah. He's so fucking funny, dude. He's so funny. Have you watched Strange Times? No. I literally okay. You need to when you go home if you have the time tonight. If you don't, I understand. But <laughs> if you have the time tonight for an hour. Watch Strange Times. What is the, what it's is his it? La- it's his most recent special. Oh, is it on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Okay, it's, cool. I showed it to mom and Jim. They <laughs> fucking died, dude. And then I showed it to Eliza's mom. She died. Nice. Was, dude, he's <clears throat> there's a funny meme of him. It's it's Joe Rogan is the is the man is the male Oprah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's just he's. One, he's very dedicated to his health and his family, which is good qualities. Um, what, in my opinion, what most people should have, especially when it comes to health. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm very mad at myself. I'm trying to get there. Um, Dude, it's a, it's a work in progress, man. I know. It'll get there. But anyway. <coughs> and then he's just, you know, his... I don't agree with all of his opinions, but most of his opinions, I'm like, all right, yeah, that makes sense. I, you know, I'm on the same page with this guy. Yeah. So... His stand-up's really funny, just because I'm a big fan. That's and, awesome, but dude. You like him. Yeah. You'll, no, I, you, I do. I, you'll I, love it. It's so good. He's got a fucking... He's got a bit about the way he told his Harvey Weinstein story. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> gold. Absolute gold the way he went about it. So funny. I'm listening to him talk to Kevin Hart right now, and Kevin Hart is just a riot, dude. That guy is hilarious. He's. Have you watched the new special? No. It's really good. Yeah, I, I'll get around to it. I just, I love watching comedy, but sitting down and watching comedy is tough. So a lot of times I just like see clips on YouTube or That's fair. something on my phone, whatever. Yeah, um, I get it. You're not there. Yeah. It's completely different yeah. being there. Absolutely. I've seen the first, the first comedian I ever saw was Bob Saget. That's awesome. In the row, at the Rao Center in Crystal Lake. Yes, dude. He was like, "Where the fuck am I?" <laughs> <laughs> and Ron White opened for him. Oh my god, that, that's great. That was amazing. That's I a great like, show. It was amazing. Dude. I was like, "What is going on?" That's like when I was living in Palatine, yeah. and two bands that I really, really like: uh, the Spill Canvas okay. and Motion City Soundtrack. Okay. We're coming through Chicago, the Chicagoland area, and they had a show scheduled for a place in Orland Park. Gotcha. Which is far. It's like an hour 20 drive down south. Yeah. And it was on like a Friday night or something mm. stupid. And 
like a month before the show, they're like, oh, we can't do it at Mojo's. We're going to be, we're going to announce where we're going to do it in the next couple of days. Sure. (coughs) Excuse me. So the next thing I know, they're like, oh, we've moved the, the venue for this show to Dirty Nellie's in Palatine, Illinois. And I'm like, no way. That's like 10 minutes down the road from my house. That's awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. I get to go and see two of my, you know, two like really great bands. One yeah. of them, my one of my favorite bands. And I don't have to drive anywhere. I get to go down the street and just hang out. Right. You know? And that was just a really fun time. Um That's Yeah, Kurt saw I, I had the opportunity to go with him, but Kurt saw um uh, a Q&A with Kevin Smith at the Rouse Center in Crystal that's, Lake. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, it was in like the late 2000s, so maybe like 2007, yeah. I think. Maybe it was earlier than that. I don't even remember. Um, and he just heard about it out of the blue. I guess Kevin Smith has family in the Crystal Lake area. That's hilarious. And the opening scene of Dogma, or the opening shot of Dogma, is a church in McHenry, Illinois. <laughs> And it says on the bottom of the screen, it says McHenry, Illinois. That's hilarious. And the church is right there where, uh, what is it, 31 and 120, like make that weird split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That little awkward turn mm-hmm. where it's like yeah. a hook. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's up north. I know exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's know up, exactly it's up it north is. from that, that intersection. That's hilarious. Um, yeah. So. Um, That's why it's funny, guys. Flowers for Dorian is coming out with a new album. Yeah, they're, they're uh, in the works. They're, they're working on some new music, man. Yeah. They're gonna hopefully they're gonna be recording pretty soon. Their drummer is actually on tour with his other yeah. band in Europe right now. Yeah. Um. So when he gets back from Europe in like a week or two, mm-hmm. they are going to start recording an album. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and I I was just. R- b- Stemming off the conversation we were just having, it was uh, their music video that Kurt directed. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be funny when people you know start seeing that more. Yeah, if go back to their you know stuff. if if that if that becomes a thing, I mean, that, I hope it becomes a thing. It it really should. They're so good. They are really good. <laughs> uh, I got to hear a couple. I was I, I was hanging out with Matt and Ty, uh, the two guitarists and singer of Flowers for Dorian, and. I met up with them like two weeks ago mm-hmm. and they started showing me some just instrumental tracks. Cool. And I was like, man, yeah, it's like it, it sounds exactly like what they used to sound like, but 10 years older, more polished, sick, mature, awesome, heavier, like just, Good. It's exactly what it should be ten years later. Sweet. That whole scene that's not the scene for guy for people in their early yeah. to mid thirties. That's a scene for yeah. if it still even exists, that whole like fallout boy, my chemical romance emo emo scene. Um I'm gonna actually um after Shane of Thrones, uh sometime in May, I'm gonna have uh the lead singer slash guitarist and then the other guitarist from a band called Glory Days. Okay. And I went to school with one of them. I believe I went to school with the other one. I'm just not completely sure. That's cool, man. But they're uh, they're working on a new EP as well. That's going to be coming out in the summer. And they already have another. They already have an EP. You can. They're on Spotify. So, okay. Cool. Um, 
You should check them out. You'd you'd like them. Sweet. Um, kind of flowers for Dorian. Nice. Doctor Manhattan esque. See, that's the funny thing too. So like, in the town that I, you know, in the area of. You tell them about the whole history of Flowers for Dorian and stuff like that. I'm going to, I have to go pee. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I know this story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, in the town that we all live in and everything, um, there emerged two, I don't know, two like popular bands. Um, and one of them was called Flowers for Dorian, and the other one's called Dr. Manhattan. And Dr. Manhattan has a very eclectic way of their music it's a very it's very um experimental at times and very heavy punk rocky um just their own brand of unique music and and ideas and dr manhattan actually got signed by uh, i can't remember the record label it was a a pretty well-known record label out on the on the west coast and they ended up going out on tours and recorded an album or two and they got, you know, more industry recognition than Flowers for Dorian got, but Flowers for Dorian had also not been a band as long and they were all working, uh, you know, real, you know, full-time jobs and things like that. And, um, Dr. Manhattan just kind of, you know, being a, a small band on the road and, you know, even though you're signed, you're still not, really doing it the way that you would hope to do it. Um, but they, they trudged along for a while and then eventually, you know, like they, some of the guys moved on with different parts of their lives and and whatnot. But, uh, this band flowers for Dorian that we're, you know, very close friends with, uh, Shane and I, um, they had a very successful local band and they were getting a a pretty decent amount of recognition Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, they just split up, which was kind of, unfortunately, at times, it was kind of the M.O. of, of that, those guys, those yeah. musicians. And, um, yeah, they, uh, they split up for dumb reasons, and they just didn't, there was no reasoning with them. And it was like, you guys are on the cusp of something that could be potentially huge. And you're just going to throw it away and watch it all go down the drain, everything you've been working for for the past six, seven years. Um, and, yeah, unfortunately, that happened about 10 years ago. And kudos to those guys. They they have a way of being being in a band together, a working band, having some type of fight, leaving, and then be able to reconcile their friendships. It's not like, oh, I fucking hate that guy. Oh, I'm never talking to him again. It's like, you know, they don't, some of them don't talk to each other for six months or a year or something like that. And then, you know, the next thing you know, it's like, hey man, you want to jam? Right. Hey man, you want to go out and get a burger and some beers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, um, because Matt and Ty, the two guitar players, they basically have the same if not the same type of relationship that Kurt and I have oh, it's okay. very it's very similar gotcha um they grew up together they grew up playing music and hanging out and skateboarding and all this kind of Matt's shit it's a little bigger than Tyler right <laughs> yeah, yeah right you've got the physicality exactly too. exactly um Kurt and Tyler both wear glasses 
Yeah. I'm sensing a pattern here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah, so it's it's hard in those types of situations to like quit your best friend. You know? Yeah. It's like it's like quitting a family member. Right. You know, how do you do that? How do you just say like I'm done with you, never again in my life kind of thing. I'll never talk to you ever again. You it's, know? It's I've had experience with it three times. It's yeah. really, it's really tough. It is. It's really, it, it's. I'm not gonna say the exact situation because I don't want to talk poor about these people. Mm-hmm. I still, you know, there's still a place in my heart for them because I knew them for so long. So it's like there's always that hope. Like I still hope they do well, but they made poor decisions, and it affected either me or you know someone really, really close to me, and it was. Just like, man, I can't associate myself with you anymore. You're just not the person I can have in my life. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. Um, the other one was for my benefit. <laughs> yeah. That was for my benefit. Um, but the other two, it was just like, I, I really hope things change for you. And I really hope um, life is better. Yeah. And you can see the error of your ways and change and right. become better. But I can't. I, I, I can forgive them, but I just don't want to even open the bottle back up. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's completely fair. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I honestly believe that stuff like that is completely fair. When someone is causing more harm than good in your life, you know, someone is toxic, someone is whatever the case may be, you right. know, whether. It's their personality or it's a substance or whatever. When like like we were talking about the last time, like you have to take care of yourself before you can be there for someone else. So right. like if you're if you're not at if you're not at a healthy level for yourself, mm-hmm. you can't put yourself around people who are unhealthy for you getting to that right. place. So I get it, man. Like it's it's tough to to just like ditch people. But it's also at times necessary. But on the other hand, there's that divide of saying, like, what do you do when it's someone extremely close to you and it's family? Like, it's not as easy to just cut, you know, to well, cut out one, and, and that bail. Was the one person. Right. Um, who I'd known for 22 years. Yeah. And it was just like, whoa, this one's a rough one. Yeah. Because we've done so much together over right. the years and our families have been through so much. And, you know, they may not be... He may not be technically blood related, but he's his mom and my mom are best friends. Right. Like there's and they're still best friends to this yeah. day. Like they go on a trip every year to Ohio mm-hmm. and they party. Yeah. But I so not seeing him anymore is weird. Yeah. Because he was basically like a cousin. Right. And it's just like uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and and I kind of have the same thing with certain people in my family where it was right. like. We've had all of these shared experiences. We've had, you know, a lifetime of hanging out and, and whatever. Um, but you just see who they are for, for what they are at this moment in life. And you're just like, I can't, yeah. I can't put that in my, in my world. No, you know? I have people, I, yeah, because you have the people that aren't that. And you're like that's better for me. Yeah, that's someone that I want to talk to every single day. Well, I had a, I had or, a, or you know, once a week. Like that's the kind yeah. of person. Like you and Kurt, you live apart, but 
I know you two jabber for at least at least once a week or once every three weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I would say over the course of the last like two and a half years, things have been different. Ugh. Um, but that's also because. I was keeping a different type of schedule yeah, yeah, yeah. a few years ago, and now I'm keeping more of a regimented schedule. Right. He's two hours behind yep. me. So, you know, a lot of times he's like, oh, I'll call you when I get off of work. And then, you know, it's not until 11 o'clock. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not until like 8 30, right. 9 o'clock. And yeah, you're just yeah. like, ah, dude, like, I wish I could just spend 45 minutes jibber jabbering on the phone, but. Unfortunately, like I gotta go to bed in the next twenty minutes or hour or <laughs> yeah. whatever, and gotta gotta watch me some Survivor, man. Or <laughs> we'll catch up on some Game of Thrones stuff, dude. So yeah, last night uh, we were refinishing. We're refinishing this kitchen table that we found. We bought off the Facebook Marketplace. Oh, okay, cool, dude. I love that thing. I love the Facebook Marketplace. I'm yeah. trying to sell like four things right now. I'm, um, I've been thinking about doing that with some of my magic cards. Yeah, I mean, if just you got to sh- just to shave it, it's <clears throat> there's some access that I don't need. Yeah, yeah, just shave the access. Sure. Um, so yeah, so we're, Karen and I are refinishing this this kitchen table, and it's going to be really cool when it's done. I'm I'm is it going to pretty look like pumped your about it? TV stand in a way? No, no, no. no. It's, it's going to look different. completely different. Sweet. So we got this like it's kind of a modern table, but okay. it's it's all wood. You know, nice beefy build. The top of it was just trash, dude. Like they just put hot plates and probably, you know, probably uh, pots and shit like that with no with nothing underneath, like right on top of the table. So the whole top of the table needed to be like sanded down and and something done, something else done. So yesterday we just went at it and just, you know, blasted the top of it. I I did all the legs and everything, and Kara's Kara's doing the chairs and. So what we're gonna do is we found this really. Your, na- your neighbors must have been big fancy, dude. Either. All my neighbors moved out. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Like right in in the little area where all our driveways are. Uh-huh. There's four driveways, and the people across the street from me moved out like early winter. So like late fall, early winter, and then the people next to them moved out. Like right around Christmas time. Oh, okay. And then just in the past, I don't know, month, month and a half, the guy next door to me moved out. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? The people or the the place across the street from me has a new tenant there. Oh, okay. Um, and then I the guy who moved out next to me, he owns that place and he moved into a bigger place, his family's growing and gotcha. uh He's like, yeah, we just needed a bigger place, and he's turning that into a rental property as well. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I'll have new neighbors here eventually, but I was oh, like, I don't cool. really give a shit one way or the other. Like, oh yeah, we have a garage, and it's just sanding. It's not, you know, right. It's not like I'm drilling up the concrete or anything, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just. <laughs> All night long. Going crazy. No. So, yeah. So, so Karen and I are doing this table, this table and chairs. She's going to reupholster the chairs. Cool. Uh, we found this fabric and it's got like some really cool, unique colors. And we, we matched one of the colors in the fabric. We're going to do the legs in that color. And then we're going to do this like whitewashed gray stain on top. Cool. So it's going to have some type of a vibe with that. But 
I, what I like to do with my place is I like to do a bunch of like different things that don't really flow to, shouldn't flow together and and decorate them in a way that like it all kind of works together, you know? So that's cool. That's kind of my thought process, you know? Yeah. Um, like we did, we rearranged our house the other day and like Kara moved in and we moved the couch around and and Mm -hmm. took the TV from one wall to the other wall. And, um, and I was able to finally hang my badass Gremlins poster that I got. Oh, nice. Yeah. So at my sister's house uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, there is a, there's two bars in the area. Uh-huh. One is called the Meanwhile, and the other one is called the Pyramid Scheme. Okay. And the Pyramid Scheme is actually a really cool name for the bar because the city of Grand Rapids is so intertwined with the company Amway. Okay. The company Amway was was founded in Grand Rapids. What is it? Uh, it's a multi-tiered marketing okay. company. Like, it, there's a reason why the bar the bar in Grand Rapids is called the Pyramid Scheme. Oh, okay. Because Amway is a multi-tiered marketing, <laughs> whatever you know. Gotcha. Um, so that being said. This the owner of these two bars is the same guy. He is a he's an artist. I'm pretty sure he's a graphic artist. And he and he does a movie, a film festival every year. It's not like new films or anything like that, from my understanding. I think they just watch like old movies. You know, they like they rent out a theater and for one night they watch like two or three old movies. Mm-hmm. Well, this guy makes posters for those, yeah. for those movies, and it's like his his film series posters. And in the bar, the meanwhile, they're all hung up on the walls, and you can buy them. Oh, okay. It's like twenty five bucks for just the poster, and fifty bucks for the poster framed. Mm-hmm. So I went there, and it's tough because they sell out of things, and they don't take the posters off the wall. They like, so you have to go in there with like three or four ideas. Yeah. So I went in there, or three or four choices. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went in there and I found like two or three posters that I liked and most of them were gone. There was only one that wasn't. It was the it was a Conan the Barbarian poster. <laughs> it was a two, it's a two color screen printed poster on black paper with silver and gold colored printing. Okay. It was super cool. But I wasn't 100% sold on it, right? Yeah. So I'm like getting ready to buy it. The guy goes downstairs, pulls it, brings it back up. And as I'm walking over to pay for it, I see on like another wall, there's this cream colored paper. Okay. Two color printing, brown and green. Yeah. And it is a layered graphic of the gremlin and gizmo. Gizmo's in brown, the gremlin's in green. Okay. And it says Gremlins on top, and then it's like, you know, whatever the film festival name is, whatever. It's got like, you know, a little call out of the date and whatnot. And I was like, oh, my God, that is awesome. (laughs) I love that that print. Yeah. So I asked the guy, I'm like, hey, man, I'm like, I like this one better. Can, Can you go and see if you got that? And he runs all the way downstairs, comes back with it. And he's like, all right, man, you want both of them? I'm like, no, I just want the one. <laughs> like, I just want the Gremlins one. And I've been sitting on it for like a year and a half. 
and I finally got to hang it nice. uh, this the, a couple of weeks ago. So I'm pretty stoked about that. And I got to hang my bear head. It's not like a taxidermy bear head. <laughs> I've had it since I was a kid. I love this thing. It's a it's a bear head. It looks like a taxidermy, like it would be a taxidermy bear head. Like it okay. hangs on the wall and it like sticks out from the wall. Yeah. But when you look at it, it's got like button eyes and like felt <laughs> teeth and little like you know like black bear fur. Yeah. Um, the nose is brown corduroy, so it's <laughs> it's just like a goofy little thing. And I've had it since I was a kid, and I'm like, I just. I used to always hang it above my bedroom door. Gotcha. You know, and that was kind of, and my mom always thought that that was funny because that was kind of my thing. Yeah. And then uh, I I was like, I want to hang this somewhere. And we put up a bookshelf and it was like, it would go perfect over the bookshelf flanked <laughs> by two pictures. Yeah. So yeah, man, it's, it's really cool. I'm excited to have you guys over because we've opened up the space a lot more. So, yeah. um, you know, you guys are going to, I think you're going to be more, a lot more comfortable Cool. Uh, this year, this time around. Um, I mean, we were pretty comfortable. No, I know. I just, you know, I think that it's going to be even more comfortable this time around Sweet. for Game of Thrones. So we, it's, so we're, we're doing research right now. More, re, well, sorry, not really research, just touching. Catch-ups. Catch-ups. Yeah, catch-ups. Yeah, trying right. to get That's our, what I'm trying to do right yeah. now is I was, I wanted to do the full series before Season eight. Me and Eliza did that. This good year. for good for you. <laughs> I I didn't have the time for it. I didn't have the attention span for it, like on a regular basis. And a couple of weeks ago, I was like, "Shit, I can't. I'm not going to be able to crush through this. What am I going to do?" And I was like, "Well, I'll just watch season seven. So I'm on episode four of seven. Gotcha. Of yeah, season I'm on, seven. Okay, I'm on season. I'm on episode two. I'm just going to kind of cruise through it. I'm going to do it by myself and just when I have an hour, I'll be like, oh, yeah, episode. Yeah. For yeah. like each day this week. And it's going to, yeah, or two episodes in one day. I don't really care. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But we, yeah, I was playing catch up yesterday. I actually found out something interesting, which is really kind of funny. Um, so I was, I was looking more into the Mormonts. <laughs> uh, Leanna Mormont, mm-hmm. uh, is actually the only Mormont left. <laughs> yeah. And well, there's a debate of that in between book readers and, and right. show watchers because in the show, Mage Mormont, which is uh, uh, Gior Mormont's sister, yep. after Jorah was uh, exiled, yeah. uh, Mage was the next in line. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. she took over, and she is Leanna Mormont's mother. Yep. When Rob Stark called his banners, Mage Mormont answered the call. Yep. But her and Lord Glover yeah. were sent to tell Howland Reed at Greywater Watch yep. a message. I believe it was to hold Mount Kalen. Yeah, it's to hold the yeah, it's to hold to the hold neck. The, to hold the neck, right? Yeah. And. That in the show, that's the last we ever hear or see or anything. There's actually one, one shot in I believe the first maybe second season, where Rob Stark has all of his bannermen and, yeah. and lords and everything, and you can see Mage Mormont. Right. We don't hear from her no. after that. No. As far as the books go, I believe it's just assumed that she's dead. That she's either that she's dead. Or that she's 
chilling in the neck. She's in the neck. Right. You know, or maybe she's captured, you know. Maybe, yeah. So. Because Daisy dies at the Red Wedding. mm -hmm, The oldest mm -hmm, daughter dies mm -hmm. at the Red Wedding. And then the other one, the second oldest, uh, Elisane, she, I just, I, she had two children, fatherless children. Mm. And it's said in the books that Tormund is a husband of bears. So there's a possibility that Tormund's kids are actually Mormons. Wow, <laughs> half Mormon as well. Okay, <laughs> right? Yeah, I was like, I, I was like, hell yeah. Well, I mean, it would make it would make sense. Yeah, it would make sense because the you know the southern the south western part of mm-hmm. the of of beyond the wall yeah. is. Pretty close to Bear Island. Yeah, yeah. Like it's the, probably the same distance. It may be twice the twice the distance to yeah. get to Bear Island as it's it right is. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On the top left, it's it's the same distance to get to Bear Island as it is to get to the the closest point point of the north. Yep. You know, on either side of the yeah, wall, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a a jumping off point. Yeah. You know, so I don't know, man. I um, it'd be fun. I think that, but we'll uh, never find that out in the show. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we'll ever find that out in the show. It's not a needed point. I mean, it's no. just assume that they're dead, um, because obviously Liana Mormont is now leading uh, the Mormont, the Mormont army, army yep. and um, Lord Glover that we've seen in the books, yep. or I'm sorry, that we've seen in the show. Yeah, he has. He's the brother of the. Lord Glover that went with Mage Mormont to yeah, yeah, yeah. to the neck. So he's the one he's one of the or he was the second to declare John King of the North. Yes. So Yeah. I don't know. We're good. <laughs> I So uh, with Shane of Thrones coming up. Um I can't believe it's next week. It's going to be awesome, dude. I'm so excited <sighs> for it. Skirky better do his homework. <laughs> Boy. It's all right. Skir- Skirky's he's, he's super busy. He yeah, he's busy. He's but a crazy he, person. he 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 knows he knows enough. You know, I'm I have Oh, I'm just talking about like with what the structure Oh yeah. 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 I I mean it's not the structure of what we're gonna talk about, it's nothing too difficult that you can't just talk about it because that's what you Yeah. That that's how you feel, you right. know? Yeah. Yeah, because we're gonna go over we're basically going to go over like how we were all individually introduced to the show or the series, um, and then we're going to talk about um, how it's how it's basically kind of brought our friendship to a higher place. Yeah, we spent so much time together, and we don't just watch <laughs> Game of Thrones and leave. We yeah, we we, th- we talk about it. We hang out for a little while. We you know talk we, about it after. Right, right. <laughs> we don't really shut up. <laughs> Until, yeah. until it's showtime. Until it's showtime. Because the, the phones rule, are off. The rule is no phones, no talking, no, Shut no up nothing. Snack. Just watch watch the show. Watch the show. Shane even is so kind that he takes his snacks out of the packaging and puts them in a bowl so he won't have the crinkling of the package. Hell yeah. So Hell yeah. It's an, I mean, okay. Obviously, when you go to a movie theater, you don't really have a choice. But when you're in the confines of someone's home. Yeah. It's just like, you know, just gonna put this in the bowl real quick. Yeah. We're gonna have a good time. Yeah, man. 
And uh, yeah, and then we're gonna like talk about our favorite houses and all that stuff, and talk about our favorite characters. To we're gonna we're gonna talk about um the predictions and what we think might yeah. happen. Matt's never been really too keen on that, but I'm kind of forcing him to do it. The <laughs> the the predictions and and all of that kind of stuff. It's just I think I mentioned this last time. It's very difficult for me to guess things, you know, because it's yeah. like. There's there's certain truths to a lot of these different theories and these different right. ideas, and for me, we've wait, I've waited so long for this last season. We all have. that I know we all have, but you know, for my own personal journey, yeah, I have waited so long for this season, yeah, this conclusion of this story that I have fallen in love with. Yeah, you know, like I've just it, it's. I've never had a piece of entertainment like hit me <laughs> the way that this show has. Yeah. And it's just so incredibly awesome that I get one last chance with it. On the other hand, I know that once it's gone, it's gone. So yeah. I kind of feel like the 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 season or the two season break in between yeah. was kind of like needed for me. Right. To be like, oh, well, this is going to be the end, so at least I get this. Right. But after this, it's over. It's a spectacle. It is. <laughs> I am so pumped up about it that I I find it hard to even talk about it at this moment in time because I'm like, what are they going to do? Where are they going to go? How are they going to do this? Is it just going to be a slaughter where like the Night King comes down and just everyone's gone and they're just like, hey, yeah, peace, right? We're out of here. That we is, just killed everybody off. That is, it is strange because we obviously George R. R. Martin has never given out the ending, yeah, ever. Um, I think he, I think he at one point in time, and this is something that I might want, we might want to share for a discussion that we might want to share for next week. Okay. Teaser. We're just giving a teaser to you folks. A little taste. A little taste. A little taste. Just a little. No. Um, I think we should save some of these kinds of things yeah. for for the show. Of course. But, you know, we're, we're also. Oh, we're we're, hy- we're hyping it right now, so yeah, absolutely, uh, it's it's it deserves the hype. Anytime ever anybody ever talks to me and is like, "Oh, you watch Game of Thrones?" I'm like, "Yeah, have you?" And they're like, "No." I'm like, "Excuse me?" Yeah. And they're like, "I just I don't see it. Doesn't seem that interesting." I'm like, "All right, here, let me lay this down for you real quick, okay?" Lord of the Rings. Okay, Lord of the Rings exists on this planet. We are <laughs> graced with its presence. It's the best trilogy out there. I will argue that. To 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 the grave, and then someone realized that this book that was written in the '90s is amazing, and, and there's more books like it. That's the crazy. So thing. many more, it's and so thing. many shows are going to be made about all these other book series. But then this one came along, and it's like we're going to make a TV show. <laughs> That's. Basically, like Lord of the, just like like Lord of the Rings, just grittier, more depressing, more more methodical, mm-hmm. 
there's a lot of malice within the show, and then there's a lot of light within the show. Mm -hmm. And we're going to create this little world for all of you to get sucked into and love all these characters that grow Mm -hmm. all the time. And if you none of you know, it's the Game of Thrones, so people die mm-hmm. all the time. No one's safe in this show. Mm-hmm. So you, as soon as you're connected, someone's ripped from under you, and you, you're just still going on this ride. And yes, the first three seasons are a little slow, but we're building up to this grand finale of a fucking shit show <laughs> that is wonderful and magnificent. And once you get to... Episode two of season four, they literally just crank back the throttle, yeah. and it's just been nonstop this whole time. And for those of us like you who have been here from the beginning, I've been here since season two, but I watched season one before two even came out. So I was like, all right, I'm basically in it. I just yeah. didn't have to wait that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for us that have been along for the ride the whole time, it's just like, We've never gotten such compelling. I mean, I've we've gotten compelling television. We can't yeah. say there's there hasn't been anything as but no, compelling. nothing, like, nothing to this level. No, nothing to this. I mean, they're spending. It was it was fifteen million dollar alleged fifteen million dollar budget for each episode. Yeah, I mean, which is outrageous. Outrageous. This outrageous. I guarantee most of their budget was spent on the fifty five nights. <laughs> That they filmed that one battle, yeah. That we're gonna get. I'm sure of that, but you know, you still have to, you know, you have to pay people, you have to pay this, you have yes. to pay that, and I mean, you have to build stuff you and everybody's stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's just incredible the amount of oh, just beauty that is put into. Yeah, the scenery porn's great. <laughs> The scenery porn. That's what it's called. You just get the landscapes. Like when they go north, you're like, fuck yeah. Dude, one of the most impressive ones is the King's Road. Yes. I mean, I heard they had to chop that down in real life. That's sad. Mm -hmm. That's really sad. Because they left some of the sets up for like people to go. Well, no, like that was a real road. The, the road with all the trees that are intertwining above it and you can drive through the trees. Oh. And I heard... I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that the trees all con- contracted like a, a no. disease that kills trees or something like that, a <laughs> bug or some shit. And yeah, they just had to come through there and just wipe them all out. They probably replanted in there, maybe. I mean, that was probably 300 years of tree growth. True. You know, I mean. True. So. It was very- But if, if that's not true. I apologize for <laughs> saying things that I think are true because I saw it on the internet, probably the interwebs, and we all know how the interweb lies. Yeah, Sometimes. dude, I see this book that you got next to you. It's uh, what is that? It's it's Fire and Ice, uh, the the World of Fire and Ice, George R. R. Have you read it? I haven't read all of it, but I was doing research last night, and I was mm. like, I would. I was looking up the houses. I was like reading up and watching videos on all the houses. So I would read this first and then flip on a oh, video cool. to kind of get more in depth because I know some people do a lot. I've read the books and I haven't read all the books. I haven't even read the, all, the whole first book. I haven't it's, gotten. It's, I haven't gotten through the first book. Yeah, I, I look at it as I have it on a screen. I can see the dragons and naked ladies. It's great. And I know that there's more to 
the world than than what's Correct. on the TV. Right, and that's what's... why I'm happy I got this book because the little snippets are, mm-hmm. you know, they're detailed, but they're shorter. So you can kind of get through them in what, a few minutes. What houses were you reading up on? Well, obviously Mormont. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. I'm actually going, I, I, it inspired me to build a deck, ba- a Magic the Gathering deck based on the house, on House Mormont. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, I don't know how you would do that, but okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm interested enough to to no, learn how I'm you do gonna, it either. I'm not going to bore anybody <laughs> with that shit. Uh, I can bore my magic buddies with that, yeah, um, because they know. Yeah. Um, so and then I looked in that. I looked into more House Reed just because I'm interested in whether or not they're going to bring in Holland Reed for a scene. In the there's land. a possibility. There's that a they huge could. possibility because mm-hmm. he protects the God's Eye, and that's where Skirky and I think it's going to end. You think it's going to end at the God's Eye? In the God's Eye. That's a possibility, man. On the Isle of Faces. Yeah. It's right there. They got to keep going north, and that's right there. And there's some... uh, Skirky Skirky will enlighten us more on the the actual Shane of Thrones episode. But there's something with the God's Eye. He knows it by heart. Well, I know in the... I know in in the history of Holland Reed, like in the... um, the past history yeah. bef- before Robert's Rebellion, the tournament at Harrenhal, yes, uh, the one that Rhaegar won, and he presented Lyanna Stark with the crown of uh, winter beauty or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, passed up his own wife, yeah, declared her the the most beautiful woman, to whatever. Ever live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was to ever live, but something whatever, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, they, so Holland Reed showed up at that at that tournament, and yes, he's from a noble family, but he is also not, um, not really recognized by a lot of the noble houses. Just because he's one of the chronic men. Yeah, you know the neck does not have a reputation for being fair fighters. You know because they do more guerrilla type of. That's because they live warfare. Yeah, they. Yeah. They live in bogs, they hide in trees, they hide in the yeah. swamps, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And they basically stalk their enemies yeah. rather than than fi- fighting enemies in open battle. And Greywater Watch is actually on like a flotation thing, so right. no one can ever find it. Right, it's, it's just constantly moving, moving and, and all of that. Um, but anyway, so Holland Reed showed up to the Tournament of Harrenhal, and he wasn't necessarily intending to... Um, participate in the tournament or really even be there. His main intention was uh, to go to the uh, Isle of Faces. Yeah. You know, and... The Green Men or something like that. Yeah, well, no one knows if the Green Men are there. Right. But in the agreement that the Green Men came to, or the children children of the forest came to with... um, The First Men. The First Men. They agreed that none of the Weirwood Trees on the Isle of Faces would be touched. Right. So there is a huge population of weirwood trees on the Isle of Faces, and Holland Reed being a Northman and especially a chronic man, he, they still hold to the old gods. Yep. So he could have been going to the Isle of Faces for a spiritual retreat. Right. Um, he could have been going there for another purpose, whether it was to meet with a green seer or you know, the children of the forest or something, because there's also a theory that says that the Marsh Kings before the age of heroes, the Marsh Kings that ruled the neck, which was a very fertile land. Um, at one point in time, they 
interbred with the children of the forest. Yep. So the the chronic men are the way that they are because there's interbreeding with children of the forest yeah. DNA. So that being said, Holland Reed shows up at the tournament of Hall. He ends up getting harassed by squires, yep. by a couple of squires. Lyanna Stark steps in, saves him, asks, you know, uh, requests his presence to dine with her and her brothers at the feast. And that's where he meets Ned and Brandon Stark and Benjamin Stark. And then later on, after all of the events unfold for the, the beginning of Robert's Rebellion, Holland Reed is then, you know, he's already sworn fealty. The Reeds are fierce, fierce um, allies of the Starks. Yep. You know, they always have been yep. throughout time. Them, so, and the, them and the Mormons. Right, right. Um, so Holland Reed then basically answers the call when Ned calls his banners for the beginning of Robert's Rebellion. Yep. And Holland Reed becomes one of Ned Stark's fellow fighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a part of his his own personal crew. His guard. Yeah. Right. His, his... And Holland Reed was obviously there at the Tower of Joy to, you know, uh to essentially murder Save Ned Stark. Uh murder <laughs> Sir Arthur Dane, the yeah. the uh the sword in the morning or the Sword of the Morning. Sword of the Morning, that's right. Oh. Dude, I'm rusty. I'm rusty. That's okay. We're gonna we're gonna be you're <laughs> gonna be in ship tip top shape for the next episode. I haven't worked out these muscles in a while. Yeah, I know. We're gonna get that. Um but yeah, so this week's gonna just be I Game don't of really know. crazy. Yeah, bro. right. For sure, dude. <laughs> I don't really know if they're if they need I mean, I guess they would have to need I mean, it, he, Helen Reed for com- he's the only living person that can confirm what happened. At what the, happened at the Tower of Joy? I know. Although there is that one, you know, there was that one like maiden that was in there when Ned came in, but that was never mentioned in the book. No, you know, no one cares about her. She's right. just a random filler. Right, human. exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, random filler girl that's just in the scene. Right, that's in the scene because. You need there, someone in the scene. Yeah, there needs to be a wet nurse or whatever. Right, called. right. Um, so, yeah. So, I don't know if they're going to bring in Holland Reed, like just a character actor to come in well, and, Mira and do a home. scene. Right. We're going to probably see Mira one more I don't more know, time. though. I don't know because I don't know if Mira was such a big character or if she was a character to drive the plot of Brand, to, to drive the story of Brand. Because there's no way he's getting to the he's getting to the three eyed raven without Hodor and without Mira, Mira. and Jojen and Jo well Jojen Jojen was the green seer yeah he was he he was basically there to he was keep he was encouraged he was he was like yeah he was the the map yeah you know he knew he knew the story right to get Bran to find. The place right. and to, Mira, to guide Mira, the way. Mira was the muscle. Mira, Mira was the well. Mira and and Hodor, Hodor were the muscle. <laughs> well, and then, I guess it was Bran that was the muscle because <laughs> you know, he'd warg into Hodor. Right, right. That's <laughs> true. Um, kind of a combination of but, both. I, guess. I mean, I would love to see. I would love to see them in the opening credits. 
scan over to the neck and show us yeah that that opening credit build up of gray water watch and just you know and then be like oh my god it'd be sexy oh my god they're going to gray water watch dude like they're gonna you're gonna see we're going to see holland reed again we're gonna see the elusive chronic men it would be oh my god it would be it would be ten years of, of <laughs> me fully immersed in this story, yeah. and I would be so happy it'd to be, see that. It'd be so cool. I I know that we're gonna mention this next week, but my favorite house has always been House Reed. Yeah, and to see something like that would be spectacular. Yeah, you know, um, I don't know what to expect, and I want to say just to keep my expectations low. That that's not going to happen. I don't think we're going to see a Holland Reed. I don't think we're going to get that type of closure. I think in the six episode world that we're living in, I think we're going to get For very little. The first episodes are an hour. <coughs> first three are an hour. No, first two are an hour. The other four are an hour and twenty. Okay. And the last one's like an hour and twenty six. Nice. So we're like. We're basically getting, yeah, we're getting a movie. We're getting feature-length films yeah, yeah, for yeah, all yeah. six of them, basically. Yeah, basically. Which is great. I mean, I don't... So we might see... that. That so We might see it if they really find it to be that important. It yeah. would be in the first two episodes. I think so. Not in the latter episodes. Because we're, gonna, we're definitely going to get, you know, John coming back to Winterfell. We're going to get uh, Daenerys coming back to Winterfell. Sam's already there. Bran's already there. The, Aria. Well, but the the pieces of the puzzle, correct, that need to kind of go together are all going to be in one place, yep. and then from there you have Sam who just left the Citadel. Yep. Who Gilly can pr- you know through Gilly can prove that Rhaegar Targaryen annulled his marriage to Elia Martell, yep. and that the Maester married them in the South. Yep. Married Lyanna Stark and Rhaegar Targaryen in the South. Yep. And then you have Bran's vision of Lyanna having a child, which we now know from the show is Jon Snow. Yep. So that being said, it's like, yes, Jon Snow is Daenerys Targaryen's nephew. Yep. And he would have the claim. Yep. Because he's Rhaegar's heir, so he has a, so Jon Snow has a better claim than Viserys would have, yep. Danny's brother, and then Daenerys also, because those are brother and sister, and the line the chain of succession goes father to son, yep. not father to brother or anything like that, unless there's no no son. Right. So that all being said, it's like that could be a conflict. That could be the. That could be the compromise to the North being an independent kingdom and John being the king in the North and Daenerys being the queen, the, the, queen, the queen in the South. Yeah. And together they are the, fa- the Targaryen family. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they're going to treat that. I don't know. You know, I don't know what the it's idea gonna is. It's going to be interesting. But <clears throat> it's also... Because John's not one to... 
He doesn't want that, though. I don't think he wants that. I think he wants the... I think he understands that he has a responsibility as the king of the north. Right, to the north. It's not that he wanted to be the king of the north. He got chosen. So now he he feels a sense of responsibility. Regardless of whether or not he... It's his rightful, you know, it's his it's his birthright. Right. Um it's his uh what do you call it? It's it's his duty because he was chosen, like like when he was chosen to be the commander of the Night's Watch. Yep. You know, it's his duty to um to work with those with the North because they chose him. Yeah. So dude, I'm super stoked about it. I hope I hope that they I hope that they do some really cool stuff this year and I think a lot of it is going to take place at Winterfell. I don't think we're going to see a ton of traveling. I mean, we're definitely going to see information with Cersei, you know, down we're in gonna, King's Landing. We're, we're literally just going to go back and forth from the two. Yeah. Like the whole time. We're mm-hmm. going to see the Golden Company once while they're sailing and then mm-hmm. that's going to be it. Yeah. We're literally just going to keep going back and forth between Cersei and Jon mm-hmm. and Daenerys and Sansa and Everybody, everybody who's important is in the north. Cersei's yeah. the only important one in the south. Uh-huh. It's literally it for characters because no one. I don't. I, I really don't care about freaking Euron. I, I really don't. Well, he's cool. <laughs> he's a he's a badass. He's a murderous son of a bitch. Yeah. But other than that, he's not really. We haven't been with him for as long as we've been with everybody else. He's well, just, yeah. But you also have to remember that in this whole game yeah it's so much more about the wild card about the blind side about you know the unexpected he's not a blind side anymore though. he's not a blind side anymore but he is a wild card he is he you don't you can't trust a Greyjoy, and you don't know what he's going to do and the thing is now He's the one who has the biggest fleet, I believe. He does. Because Daenerys did not have a huge fleet, and a lot of her ships got burned at Casterly Rock. Yep. Um, you know, the, the I guess, the, the city watch or the army of the, of, of the, King. the King's Land, oh, you know, okay. the, the Red Keep. Yeah. I don't know what that's called. Um, the Kingsguard. I don't, but I don't think it's the Kingsguard that would be the army. You know, it's like oh, that's just the Lannister forces. I know, but their land. But I don't know. It's like you gotta ha- you gotta have people. I mean, until they gave up Casterly Rock in the yeah. last season. I think it's the city's watch. It's the, C- the, the city, city watch yeah, or the, the Gold's Cloak. C- yeah, Gold the Gold Cloak's city watch. Okay, um, but they. Obviously, have a, have a naval fleet, but I don't think that it's ever been a force to be reckoned with. Euron has a force is a force to be reckoned with on the seas. Like oh, he owns them. There's no there's yeah. No, there's there's nothing. There's no doubting that Euron owns the sea right now. Yeah. If anybody tries to go to the sea, Euron's in their way. Right. And that. So I don't think Euron is no. I don't think Euron's the wild card anymore. I think the wild card that they've put into the situation that they're going to finally show us in this new season, the wild card is the Golden Company. 
because the Golden Company has always been sworn to the Targaryen house. And there hasn't been a Targaryen since Robert's Rebellion, so they've had no house to swore, swear their loyalty to. So what could potentially happen is that the Golden Company could see Daenerys on a dragon, and they'd be like, oh. But where are you getting that the, or that the Golden Company are... Skirky. Sworn to... <laughs> Skirky. Because the... From my understanding, the Golden Company is a is a mercenary. Yeah, army. It's a sellswords. Yeah. So, but they were originally. This, well, from they my were understanding they were originally House Targaryens I don't, army. I don't believe that they were Targaryen Targaryen army. The story that I seem to remember hearing is that they were. I'm gonna write this down. We can come back to this on the actual episode. Okay. We just keep talking about it, but I'm gonna we're gonna, I'm gonna look into it. Okay. Again. So. So we can correct ourselves. That during the Blackfire rebellions, there was a Blackfire, which was a bastard house of a Targaryen king. Okay. And the Blackfire that formed the Golden Company mm-hmm. was an exile was exiled from Westeros. Gotcha. And he went to Essos, and uh, yeah, so he went to Essos, and he formed this mercenary army. Of the gold cloaks, and he was like the leader of the go- or not the gold cloaks, the golden company, and he was the leader of the golden company, and they had a reputation for like breaking contracts and cutting, you know, cutting ties, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's not like the greatest. Plus, they're taking money to fight, so it's like, yeah. you know, right. But I guess what was the um, mercenary group that Danny? Um, Second Sons. The Second Sons, that's right. The Second right. Sons. But she left them in uh, Mir. Uh, Marine. Marine, thank yeah. you. Mir. Mir. He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Thoros is gone. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that's right. That crazy bastard. Dude. I, I, okay. Sorry, everybody. I'm predicting right now. I know what they're opening with. Mm. Tormund and... Uh, Beric Dundarian. Just booking shit. Really? I... Oh, like oh, from the, the wall walks the, the wall knocked down. Yeah, yeah. At the end, yeah, it's gone. Right. We didn't see what happened to those. Right. Two. We just saw the wall explode, and they're on the other side. Hopefully, yeah. Well, and and you know they did. I saw something because of course it leaked that uh, the guy who plays Tormund Giantsbane was in Belfast or whatever during, yeah. you know, during the times. I was so pissed. I was like, stop it. <sighs> I know. So everyone's like, oh, it looks like the, those guys, uh, you know, but of course, of course the hound is going to go to the end because they also, they also have to do the Clegane bowl. You know, they have to, they have to do the fight between the hound and the mountain. It's going to be magical. I don't know, dude. It's going to be, dude, <sighs> I think he's they've like, already fought once in the show. I know they're going to, I think they're going to kill each other. I don't think either of them comes out on top. Yeah. The house is too beat down. His only goal, the only thing that's keeping him alive is that. It's the only thing that keeps him alive. And I guess now that he's, you know, knows that Ari is okay. I mean, he's got something. But he's he wants to, he wants to end that. <coughs> and that's been his one goal the whole time is to kill his brother and he hasn't had the opportunity but now he has the opportunity even though his brother's a fucking monstrosity yeah, mutant dude. piece of shit fucking crazy looking shame man yeah dude <laughs> he's 
He's a god to someone right it's, now, okay? <laughs> it's something. crazy, man. It's crazy how big. Like, I was watching these epi- these first couple episodes of season seven, and yep. like, he's just the bodyguard standing there next to next to Cersei, and she you're like, have to fight. She's so small. She is so small compared to him. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I'm so pumped for it, and I can't even. I think that's that contain funny. myself. So you really just listened or just watched, educated yourself about House Mormont and House Reed? House Reed, and then um, I watched uh, uh, Durandon. Okay. I watched House Durandon and like the whole history of them breaking away from the Baratheons and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, oh, Durand. Yeah. Yeah, Durand. Durandon. Durandon. Yeah, yeah I, get, I get it. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Durandon. Um, but wasn't that... I just watched it. I didn't soak it all up. Okay. Because I was watching all these other stuff, yeah. all this other stuff. So, like, there was a lot of information that I was trying to suck in. I'm going to keep doing it. That's why. Dude, I've found some videos that, like, on YouTube that take you in depth of these smaller houses. Like, yeah. not crazy in depth. There was an hour long one. I was like, I can't watch yeah, that. Yeah, no, I know, I, know, I know of one. It's just like. Quick, not quick drawn, but it's like drawn, oh, okay. like art artwork, yeah, yeah, yeah. but not like sketched artwork. It's gotcha. kind of like infographic-y artwork <laughs> kind of stuff, but it's really cool. Um, and they they choose like six or eight houses, like lesser known houses, and they give you like a Cliff Notes version of who they are and what they're all about and everything. Yeah. And it's a six part video, and it's I mean it goes through all these smaller houses all the way from. Um, from Dorn all the way up to the wall, and everywhere in between, right. and it's crazy, man. Like I'll watch them I, all. I'm I should watch them all this week. I should find them and, and send them to you. But um, yeah, they like talk about House Reed, and they talk about yeah. you know all those ones that you're talking about, and then they also talk about like the Manderleys of White Harbor, sure. and you know the Car Starks yeah. and the Umbers and the Foresters and. I think I think what I want to do, at least for when we talk about it in Game in Shane of Thrones, I want to talk about um, mostly pertaining to the show. Obviously, we can talk about like theories from the books and stuff like that that would give the you know, like okay, I'm gonna give you a little quick synopsis on the Rhaegar thing. So there is a theory that Littlefoot is actually Littlefoot or Littlefinger. Sorry, Littlefinger, <laughs> Littlefoot, fucking. <laughs> Land for time. What, yeah, am I, right. what am I doing? Littlefoot. Little finger. Did it again. Little finger. <laughs> He's actually uh, a faceless man. Okay. And Rhaegar became a faceless man because mm-hmm. Rhaegar's body wasn't found at the trident. Right. And Littlefinger had Rhaegar's dagger. Mm. I will go more in depth. On the little little taste again. Yeah, I mean, my initial thought is, how do we know that it's that it was Rhaegar's dagger? Because we've never heard. It's in Sam's book. Oh, it is. Yeah, the book in the la- in the first episode when Sam and Gilly are f- uh, learning that the mountain is Dragonglass. Yeah, yeah. Sam flipped through the page, and it's in on the page. The daggers about, on the page. The daggers on the page, mm. and the Rhaegar. It's talking about Rhaegar's dagger. Mm. Because someone paused it and read it. Yeah. <laughs> you know how that goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm not that kind of person. Yeah, neither am I. Yeah, the video was like 17 minutes long. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is so... It's it's almost too perfect. Yeah. And you're like, shit, man. I mean, it'd be dope and it'd be really cool, but it's like, we don't really need it. Because it talks about... Yeah, I'll give you more of it. That's just like... I mean, what are they going to do at the end? Like a gotcha kind of moment? Like, hey... I've been alive the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think the show's going to go that way, and I don't even think the book's going to go that way, but it's definitely something that's like, all right, that's actually kind of fishy and is plausible within the show. Yeah. Just because they can use the excuse of the faceless men. Like, yeah. How the faceless men can become anybody if they know their face. Yeah, yeah. So there's a whole thing behind it. Like, because there's the theory that Ari is the waif. Hmm. Like, there's, she's a faceless man. She can mm-hmm. become Arya Stark. There's no fucking issue. Like, the waif killed Arya, and she became the Arya. waif took over Arya. Arya's life, yeah. Because mm. the waif envied it or something like that. Yeah, but how would the waif know the personal details? Turn your mic for the letters. Oh, sorry. To, no, for the letters to be pointed at you. You can, like, kind of pinch this, and then, yeah. This. Yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? Oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Where the letters are pointed at. Is this better? Go ahead. Check one, two. Yeah, that's better. All right. Cool. Um, <laughs> you know the thing that I that I don't like about the theories and stuff like that is you're just throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. And you know, for so long I've been hearing that, um, you know, the guy that Arya trained with. I, I, Pharrell. No, well, yeah, there's the well, it's Cereal Pharrell, but it's also Jack and Hagar, Jack and Hagar, and right. Littlefinger, and Rhaegar. That's the whole Rhaegar thing. They're oh, so there are, so there's a prediction. So that, the Rhaegar, yeah, because uh, faceless man is following, yeah, is following Arya because what Arya reminds him of Lyanna. No, uh, so uh, Rhaegar kind of was this little uh, hooligan when he was young. Rhaegar was a hooligan. He was, you know, he liked mischief. He liked getting into trouble. He he liked chaos. Mm. And Littlefinger gives a little speech about how chaos is a ladder. Right. So there's a theory that Rhaegar went off and became a faceless man. He came back and started the wheel of chaos. Mm. With the whole Lyanna and his wife. Robert. Cool. Robert slays Rhaegar. Rhaegar can officially become a faceless man because he finished his story. Kind of like what Arya is doing. Because mm-hmm. Arya wants to go west. She wants to go as far west as ever. She wants to be the first to do it. One of the first to do it. So Rhaegar gets killed. His body is not found at the Trident, mm-hmm. even though Robert fucking killed him. Mm-hmm. Only his uh, armor was left. So there's a theory that Rhaegar became whomever and walked away and then became Littlefinger. And then Littlefinger loves chaos as well. So he sets up John Aaron's death uh-huh. with Lysa, who he's never loved Lysa. Right. Bitch, you know, kills Lysa. Starts this drama between Ned and his wife. You know, it's just there's all these like little correlations that Littlefinger does, and then Serial Pharrell and 
Littlefinger are never in the same room. Mm-hmm. And then it gets deeper into when Littlefinger's traveling alone. I think it's like in season four or something when he's not with, uh, no, season three, when he's not with Sansa and, you know, he's like traveling. But the only times we see him, we were not even focused on Arya in the show. Mm-hmm. But then when we're with Arya, he, there's Jack and Hagar. Every time Littlefinger goes to see Cersei, she's like, where the fuck have you been? He's like, I've been traveling. What do you want from me? But we don't see Littlefinger in that amount of time when we spend with Arya. Mm-hmm. And it's like a couple episodes where we don't see Littlefinger, but we're in Arya's story. And then mm-hmm. we go back to Ar- we go back to Littlefinger, and then Arya's story is kind of in the back burner. Gotcha. Okay. It's really convoluted and deep and really th- well thought out. And someone must have been really fucking stoned when they were watching that shit. Yeah. And figuring this out. But... <laughs> I thought it was a cool one. That's why I wanted to talk about it. I'm like, oh, it's kind of cool. Because if it is a thing, it's like, wow, that's fucking, that's really. Yeah. If they did that in the show, I wonder if he's even doing that shit in the book. Right. What? Yeah, man. I don't know. I I mean, (laughs) we could come up with crazy predictions all day, all night. We're going to, I, I, I. I feel like you, me, and Skirky are going to be more practical about our predictions. I have to be because I don't have a lot of the knowledge of what predictions are even floating around at the moment. So I've completely taken myself out of the prediction spoiler game. That's the only one I know. I haven't even really seen a lot of like pictures from sets, from the set and everything. Neither have I. You know, I've I've wanted to hold my. um, (laughs) Silence my cell phone. I wanted to I wanted to limit all of that stuff because it was so long and for the beginning so long in between the the two seasons and at the beginning of the wait yeah. people started coming out with predictions oh, and I was dude, like I didn't even watch it. I can't even wrap my brain around this yeah. because it's gonna be so long down the road yeah. you know and people are just digging into the books and <laughs> and and looking for all these crazy little Easter eggs in within the show and everything. And I'm like, just please let it be what it is for the next year plus. Like, <coughs> I like their passion towards the show. I appreciate that. I, I can appreciate that too. But on the other hand, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm like, you got a year. They're not even, you know, like at the time when they, when these things started, it's like, they're not even filming for the next yeah. season. You know, you can't, expect to be like oh we're just gonna (laughs) try and guess what they have up their sleeves it's like sometimes these things weren't even written right when people are doing predictions and it's like well where are you getting this information they're like well it was in the book and it's like yeah but they've got seven seasons down and they've never even touched that topic right you know like yeah the show's going its own way and that's i think when it comes to people who like making predictions, who like going so deep into both the books and the stories, I think it's really cool that they're that passionate about the about the story in general, like the whole story. But you and I are very on the ground kind of people, if you know what I mean. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Like we're very here. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure you've stared at the stars and I'm like really gone a little existential on yourself. 
I'm pretty sure most people have. Yeah, I but don't. I don't do very, it much, but right. You know, that's what I mean. But we're very on the ground kind of people. So when we watch a TV show, we don't based in fantasy. Based in fantasy, <laughs> and we're getting this story told by two people that didn't write the original story. It's just like, well, let's see what they do with it. And that's like, I haven't read all of the Lord of the Rings books. Don't get me wrong. I feel like I should just because Tolkien did every a lot of things that we have nowadays is because of Tolkien. In the in the fantasy world, Tolkien right. is the first stepping stone to this, you know, all this stuff that we have now. Right. So I feel like I owe it to him to read his work. <laughs> in a yeah, big, I mean, in a big thank you. But you can also appreciate the medium for what it is. You know, like the yeah. the book, the written page. It for some people, it does not take a long time to crush four hundred, five hundred pages, or a thousand right. pages. For me, that would take me the better part of a year oh, because yeah. I just don't, I'm not the type of person who like sits down to read. Yep. You know, I read things as they come. Like, yeah. you know, I, in my job, I have to read the information that I'm putting right. in a website that I'm building in a website because I need to know how it can be broken, how it can be used in different ways and things like that. I don't have, I don't carve out the time for myself to just sit down and like start a book. Yeah. And I know I should and I know I should like take the time to kind of slow down and and live life in that way a little bit, but I don't know, man. It's just for me I appreciate the the visual aspect. It makes sense you're in, you're a graphic designer. <laughs> well, and it's not it's not just that. It's like the visual aspect for me being able to watch something or, you know, interact with something some, something like that. Yeah. Um, it is a way for me to kind of condense everything and, you know, like make it fit more in my immediate life. Right. You know, and in this world of instant gratification, it's like, oh, I can watch a TV show for an hour a week or a movie for two hours or whatever. Yeah. Instead of reading the book that could take me three months to read. Right. You know, and it's like, there, there are books that I've read. Don't get me wrong. I've definitely read some books. <coughs> but they're usually like, the movie wasn't out yet. Like, I, one of my favorite books that I've read in the last, like, 10 years is the book Water for Elephants. Okay. And, you know, it's a... That can, yeah, that was Robert Patton <coughs> or whatever. Yeah, I got a movie eventually. The movie was good. You know, it wasn't great. The right. book was phenomenal. Gotcha. You know, the book was this story of um, a young man growing up in, like, Depression era. Mm-hmm. His parents passed away. He can't afford to go to school uh, any longer. He was, in, he was studying to be a veterinarian at Cornell University. And his parents pass away, and he essentially has nothing, and it's the Depression. So what are you going to do? And he ends up... Um, I believe stowing away on a circus train. Okay. And then he eventually gets found out by the the boss, the circus boss, and finds out that he is a, a veterinarian student. So, you know, what better place than for him to be on the the circus? They got animals, they've got right. rare animals and everything. So he ends up going like in a traveling circus with all the crazy personalities in the 1930s on a railroad train 
circus, yeah. you know? So it was a really great story. Yeah. The movie was good. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible. Right. But the story, the book, I mean, it, and I, and I got into that one, man. And I, I crushed it as quickly as I possibly could. And it still took me a little bit of time yeah. that actually, I read that book right before I started watching game of Thrones. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause I was reading that book while on the airplane to Washington DC, which is where I started seeing all the, um, the bus, sta- bus station signs for game of Thrones. Oh, okay. So gotcha. You know, it kind of, kind of goes with that, but, you know, I, I wish I could read those books. I started listening to the first Game of Thrones book on Audible. Oh, okay. Um, I, like, downloaded it, and I ended up paying for it for, like, a year. <laughs> and in that year, I just couldn't get through the book. Like, I would listen to it. when The first time that I listened to it, I drove out to my sister's house in Michigan. Oh. And that was, like, a four, four-and-a-half-hour drive. Mm-hmm. And I just played for eight hours, eight hours, yeah, eight hours there, eight hours back. And you would think you could probably crush a book on tape in eight hours. No, they're like 20 hours. Long. I know dude, 20, it was like 24 hours, 24 and a half hours or something like that, that for the book. first, for the first book. And I was just like, geez, man, like I'm not even halfway done. Yeah. I'm a quarter of the way through this kind of thing, you yeah. know? And like, Oh man, and I would try and do it in like little bits and pieces, and it, well, so Kurt, you know, Kurt was very influential on me reading because mm-hmm. he was like, "Dude, you haven't read a lot. What's going on? Like, you didn't even like. I barely read in school. Like, yeah, I mean, I read. I didn't, you know, I, just yeah. did, I didn't go after it. Well, right, right, right. I had video games. Like that was a strange part about life. My life is just like I had video games all the time. Right. And it was just, it was a predominant thing. Now, my parents were like, they didn't really encourage it, but they allowed it to happen. Mm-hmm. So, and it was just this coping mechanism for me because right. I was sad and, you know, I sure. had teenage angst in <laughs> me. All that stuff. Teenage angst. Me. And uh, so I didn't really have to read, but then Kurt was like, hey, man, you should read more. And I was like, you know what? You're fucking right. I swear too much. My vernacular is not the best, you know. Let's improve it. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I set the time aside. It's all about setting the time aside, and you, you have, you have, you're very busy. Yeah, you work all the time. You like doing your hobbies, and if you don't want to sit down and read a book, you don't even fucking sit down and read a book. Right. I don't fucking I don't, I don't think anybody <laughs> should judge anybody on whether or not they read books all the right, time. Right, right. If you like reading books, you like reading books. If you like reading about dragons in a book <laughs> over watching them on a screen, kudos to you. Right. I personally can't do that shit. I got to see the dragon blowing fire and <laughs> killing people and melting them to ash. Yeah. That's just really cool for me because someone... Somewhere figured out how to fucking put it on the TV. Right. Let's appreciate that artwork as well. Dude, the episode that I saw last night was <laughs> John's uh, John coming to Dragonstone and uh, wa- walking up those steps and the dragons fly over. And he was just like, what the fuck <laughs> is that? I've witnessed a lot of shit in this world. Yeah, right. That like, one is the I've worst. I've seen the army of the dead. I've seen the Night King. I've never seen a dragon before in my life. And you're just like, yes, that is the reaction that right. a man in the north needs to have upon seeing a dragon. Exactly. And, and he, that's what I love about, that's a big thing of what I love about Game of Thrones. 
they probably specifically like everybody's talking about what you need to do all the time. Right. What face you need to make, how you need to act because it pertains to the story. The Rhaegar thing, there's another scene that someone picked out in the show where uh, Sansa and Littlefinger are in the crypt in the last season and he like makes a face when she like talks shit about Rhaegar and Lyanna as if Rhaegar didn't love Lyanna. Mm. So he makes this like kind of like sad face. He's like, shit, people don't perceive me as this, you know great guy people perceive me as like this piece of shit that caused this girl to die yeah you know what i mean so that's like another part of it. but throughout the whole show hmm. dude reactions to things are the best like when they all see the dragons it's yeah. fucking it's like fuck when everybody sees a dragon they're like yeah. shut the front door those things have been gone forever and now you have three right you know like because I'm still in the early part, yeah. or the early uh, episodes of season seven. So it's like she still has all three of them. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I seriously, I, I watched an episode and a half last night before I went to bed. And I got right up to the part where they did the Field of Fire 2. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I, I'm not going to get sucked into this right now. <laughs> it was like it was like 1230, and I'm like, okay, I got to turn this off and go to bed. Um, but, yeah, dude, I mean, just to, to I, can't, I can't even understand what they're going to do. Like, it's, I, it's all I, such a shock to me right now. Like, I can't believe that it's next Sunday. I can't believe that it's, you know, a little bit more than one week away. And we're all going to be together. And we're all going to be together and we're going to talk about it beforehand and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to talk about it on Shane of Thrones and then we're going to keep talking about it off Shane of Thrones because that's how fucking nerdy we are. Well, that's true. But, (laughs) but I'm just, you know, for the, for the audience sake, it's like, we're going to talk about it and release an episode, like a half episode, right? Or is it like, how long are you gonna? Do you want to talk about it beforehand? We're, for Shane of Thrones, if we go off on a tangent and we reach two hours, we reach two hours. Okay, I'm expecting it to be like an hour to an hour and thirty. Yeah, something easy for people to digest. Yeah, and something that they don't have to carve out so much time exactly before the episode. Right. You know? So if it hits two hours. I'll probably post something with it when I post it. Like, hey, you can cut it off at this point. Mm. You don't need to listen all the way through. We went on a tangent at the end. Sure. And we just started talking about bullshit. Right. It's. I still kind of want it to be a, a Shane Aldrich podcast episode. Sure. But it does need... The first hour is going to specifically be Game of Thrones. Right. If we go on a tear, we go on a tear. That's okay. But I will... Before we post, I'll be like, all right, at this point... Or I'll say it in the beginning of the episode. Be like, all right, at the hour mark, you guys can just stop listening. You can listen yeah. later. But this is just the Game of Thrones section. But I genuinely like hanging out with you and Skirky. Yeah. And I think people want to hear you and Skirky. I I think people want to hear it a little more than me just talking to one of my friends. Right. Having two of my friends and how we all interact with right. each other right. is pre- I, I find important for my narrative of this podcast. Is it always going to be the three of us or are we going to do... we? Well, you have your work co-worker that you were talking to me about yeah, yeah. we could possibly if he's interested we can bring him in i wanted the first 
and the last episodes need to be you and Skirky. Okay. We need to start and begin with you two. Yeah. I do want to bring in Michael. Okay. Michael wants to... Michael is really into it as well. Him and Eugene have both gotten into it. I don't think Eugene wants to come on until him and his band are... Because they're writing a new album as well. Sure. So they're working on that. And then after that, they're going to... You know, I think when they want to release it, Eugene's going to finally come on, which I respect. And I was like, you know what? That's cool. Right. Don't want to come on until then. Awesome. Yeah. Um. So I don't think he'll come on Chain of Thrones, but I do think it's going to be predominantly you, me, and Skirky. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, the dude, the other dude that I was telling you about, like, he's in the air at best kind of thing. Like, I mean, I mentioned it to him. He sounded interested. Cool. I figured, you know, I'd let you know. And then if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I'm not sweating it, you know? Yeah. See if you want. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you want to give him my number or I, yeah, I mean, you just want to like, be like, Hey man, if you're, if you would like to, right. You could come in, you could talk to Shane and you know, we can make this happen in like the fourth episode or something like that. Right. Right. The third or fourth episode. Because you, you never know. He might have a whole thing with his friends where they all sit down. Right. And he might have a day, so he might not even want to do it. Well, yeah, I mean... But I've, we just get together so often. Every, we get together an hour before every... Before I started watching Game of Thrones with you, yeah, I went one time to go and watch Game of Thrones with other people. And the one time was with this guy, Joe, that I used to work with at, okay. at one of the restaurants, who I mentioned to him... Sure. Um, if he wanted to be a, a guest on Chain of Thrones. And so I went to go and see an episode at Joe's house, and he had, like, 12 people there. Oh, God. Dude, it, and I didn't realize that it was going to be this many people, and I thought that they were... Oh, no. I thought that they were more serious than what it turned out to be. But, like, four or five of these people showed up, and they were, like, hammered because they had gone to a Cubs game before. Oh, no. So... We start watching the show, and one of the guys who's hammered was, um, he had read the books, so he knew wow. he knew certain events and, and things like that, and it just so happened to be the red wedding episode. <laughs> Did he just like? He kind of ruined it to a point. Ooh. That it was that like it wasn't a surprise that something was going to happen per se. Gotcha. I just he just didn't say what was going to happen. You know, like it's not like he was like, oh, Catelyn's going to get her neck sliced and Rob's yeah. going to die or anything like that. He was just like, oh, it's coming. You know, so I knew something was going to happen because Fucker. he was being an asshole. Fucker. But I was like, <laughs> oh, really, man. And then I like went home and I watched the episode again. You know, at some point during the week, dude, I was fucked up that week like emotionally i was like <laughs> i was emotionally disturbed for the entire week after the red wedding i agree and i was just like what the fuck and i watched the the episode over again and i this time i got to like experience it by myself and really kind of get into it and everything and i at the moment i vowed to myself i was like I don't ever want to watch this with anyone else again. And at the time, my ex was not into it. Gotcha. So, like, we, she would go to bed and I would watch it by myself. Gotcha. In the dark, by myself. Yeah. The big fat fucking Mountain Dew next to me. Yeah. Just chilling, watching my, you just loving my life, right? Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> and I would do that for, you know, the next few seasons until we eventually moved out, moved from Palatine back out to, um, you know, the Wakanda Island Lake area. Oh. And that's when I had my place in Holiday Hills and you and Kurt was around. Well, it actually happened a little bit before that because when Kurt first moved back to Illinois a few years ago for the summer, yeah. he would come o- you guys would come over and we would watch like five or six episodes of Game of Thrones on like a Tuesday afternoon because I yep. was I was working from home and running my business. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I had certain things on like a little bit of autopilot and everything. Oh right, and Kurt wasn't really caught up. And yeah, yeah. and, and uh, yeah, Kurt hadn't seen like the the last two seasons yeah. and another season was coming. So we crushed like two seasons <laughs> in one day or something. Oh yeah, dude. Um yeah and then and then when I moved out to um, you know, the, the Wakanda Island Lake area. Yeah. Uh, you guys would come over and we'd watch it downstairs in the family room. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and, um, just be just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then when I moved out of there for this, for this last season, we were at, um, my, my new place, the place that I'm currently at, which is much more friendly to, having people over and, and doing all of that. It's my yeah. place. It's my, you know. Yeah. I get, I, if I'm not mistaken, Paul's on season seven. So he okay. might come in for like one episode. He's He was pretty like, I, I I would like to hang out with you guys maybe like once or twice. He's like, sure. but it's your thing, you know, do your yeah, thing. Man. But I, I get I, it. I, I personally just, it's better watching it with you two. Because we take it seriously. Right. All three of us are like, yeah, we need to shut up. Mm-hmm. But we love talking about it so much yeah. that like we got sick of the phone calls. We're just like, let's just fucking <laughs> hang out. Yeah. Let's just do it. Let's just do none, it, man. None of us are going to have our phones out. We're all just going to be <clears throat> fucking getting on the edge of the seat yeah. when something sick's about to happen. Right, right. A dragon flies over a hill or something. <laughs> Something's going to happen. <laughs> you know, shit's going down. But right. we're all just... Sh- I Like, okay... Um, like the whole scene where they're walking, uh, over the wall in the last season, mm-hmm. all the, all the men are going to fight and, mm-hmm. you know, get what they need and they're all having their conversations. They're all so funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're all just fucking dying laughing while it's going on <laughs> or when <sighs> I just like when the hound goes, quit your whinging <laughs> and, your lips are moving and, 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 and Gendry goes. I wasn't whinging. And he goes, your lips are moving. You're complaining. That's whinging. And he just keeps walking. I love when Tormund's talking to the hound. You're the one they called the dog. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, when they're talking about Brienne, he's like, I want to make babies with her. Great big monsters. They're going to conquer the world. I'm like, yes, Tormund. They are going to conquer the world. Dude, he's a great character. I'm so happy that he's still in it. I'm so happy that him and the Hounder. <laughs> that whole that whole crew north of the wall was great. You had Jorah Mormont. You had Jon Snow. Yeah. Beric Dondarrion and Thoros of Myrrh. You have the Hound, Gendry... <laughs> Torment Giants Bane and other like yeah. and a couple other rant random whatevers. You yep. um, you know, the guy who falls off the the like the ledge and mm-hmm. into the into the um 
Into the White Walkers. The White Walkers. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know who that guy is, but he, <laughs> doesn't, he doesn't really matter. He's just another member of the expedition. Yeah, like five of the members are right. nobodies. Right. And you're just like, well, they have to die because yeah. our main guys can't die. Exactly. <laughs> they they have to die because there must be casualties on both sides. Yeah, we need to see how bad it is over right. there. Right, right. But our ultimate warriors will survive besides the one. Yeah. He's old. <laughs> yeah. He was like, it was my last win. <laughs> Barrett can't come back to life now. Yeah, dude, I forgot dude, about that. Lightbringer, where's Lightbringer? Is it Barrett's sword? Are we just gonna be as simple as that and just that? I don't know, dude. I don't think so. I don't. I honestly don't think so. Because because his last sword wasn't Lightbringer. Because the Hound fucking ha- ha- yeah ch- it chopped in it in half. half. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't think that it's Lightbringer because I think that Lightbringer will be if it is introduced. I think that it'll be introduced towards the end. Because Skirky it's, thinks it's going to be at the Isle of Faces. Because it's going to, well, it could be. I mean, that might be. It might be In that Lightbringer is is on the Isle of Faces, and when they go there, like the Master Sword in Zelda, <laughs> yeah, there may there may be some type of showdown on the Isle of Faces. That would be a pretty fitting place for a showdown between. You know, yeah. I mean, ice and fire now can refer to the the Night King and John being Targaryen, right? You know, so he could get his hands on Lightbringer, and yeah. he could end up. You know, the the ending could be that. Yeah, you know that there's a, a defeat between the the mains. I don't know, dude. I I mean, <laughs> I don't even know if they they because they haven't mentioned anything about Lightbringer. Right. In the show, or Azor High. I mean, right. no, no, they, the, we don't know officially who Azor High is. Right. They've mentioned Azor High because it, in Old Valyrian, it can be male or female. Right, right. But they also haven't really like said anything about Lightbringer. Uh, yeah. They haven't like, they haven't talked about that side of things, you know. And yes, they could bring it up, but are they really going to bring it up and do it justice? Because right. all of a sudden now you're like introducing in the you know in the final minutes in the ninth inning, you're introducing this huge plot line, right? Of Azor Ahai, the Sword of Lightbringer, right. how it was forged, all this kind of stuff, this mystical this mystical power, and it's like if this is such a huge thing, yeah. this should have been something that we heard right, a folktale about in season two or something like that, you know? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think they're going to get too crazy with like second and third secondary and, and third um, like plot lines, storylines. They can't because if they do, then they're just going to ruin their ending. Right. And leave a plot hole at the end. You can't, you got to bring it. Everything's coming to a close. Everything has to kind of come full circle. Yeah. And, you know, and, and we can save our main predictions for next week, but right. It's just I don't know, man. I like I like I said earlier. I look at my um, shit. What are we, I look at my what? I don't know. You look <laughs> at your something. Quit playing with your dinghy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey, lady. You got, you got a-, a big whale on your boat. Free Willy. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, good good Tommy Boy call out. Yeah. You like that one? That was crisp. That was good. That was good. 
I don't know, dude. The the Shane of Thrones stuff, like like I said, I feel rusty. I feel it's okay. Like I'm gonna we, be. We just loosened the coils a little bit. You we know? did. We did. We there's a, there's a lot of those like there's a lot of those storylines that are kind of fringe, more fringe storylines. Yep. That I've heard a couple of times, sure. but I haven't really put a ton of stock into it mm-hmm. because it's like. This isn't what I'm seeing. Right. Pertain- that's why I was like, when we watch the show, we, yeah. you know, that we're on the ground. Like, mm-hmm. we, we kind of stay where we're at. We just watch what we're given. And then we just, we, we look into, like, backstory on houses and, mm-hmm. like, old tales of the stories. But we don't really dive into the predictions. Right. I just, the Rhaegar one was brought up by Eugene. And yeah. he told me the whole thing. I was like, all right, I'll just go watch the fucking video on yeah. it. Just so I can actually soak it more in. But... Yeah, that one I was just intrigued by because it's like you know the faceless men, and you're like, well, Arya is that? And yeah, it's kind of it's it's kind of plausible. Like there's sure. a possibility of it. I don't think they will because that's just that that's another thing. It's like that's too much. Yeah, that's way too much to even like bring in. They would need to put two more episodes in mm-hmm. just to resolve that little fucking thing. That yeah. we're like, what do you mean that's Rhaegar? Get yeah. the fuck out of yeah. here. Yeah, Littlefinger yeah. died. We've wanted that piece of shit to die the whole time. Good for him for making it to season seven. Right. Round of applause. Right. Good for you, man. <laughs> you could have died at any moment. <laughs> but yeah. But well, yeah. Sorry, I mean, yeah. I like that we loosened the coils a little bit, and we kind of got our feet wet in talking about it. And I'm a little more motivated to after this. Just when you leave, just Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, and just kind of delve deep into it, just so I can at least have the knowledge fresh in my mind of everything Mm -hmm. that has to pertain to all the houses that are still alive, like how everybody's gearing up now. Like this is crunch time. Everybody's Mm -hmm. training everybody. So how much time are we going to jump? Because we haven't seen it in two years and they've been known to jump like a year in between seasons because like yeah man they've been gone but nothing yeah. really important's happened here's the important shit yeah I don't think that they're gonna jump because it's kind of one of those things where it's like the the war is already upon us you yeah, know the wall's down right it's crunched so down. they're they're coming no matter what there's no stopping them now I mean it's they're gonna hit they're gonna hit the they're gonna walk through the gift they're yeah. gonna hit the last hearth they're gonna hit car stark you know the, they might just come straight for right for uh, Winterfell. for Winterfell, who knows? But the fact of the matter is that we have a little more than seven days until it happens. We will be we will be releasing uh, an episode before the show before before the ep- the Game of Thrones episode airs. Correct. We'll be lit, and then afterwards we're gonna get back on and we're gonna discuss the the episode and you know some other yeah we'll we'll probably just touch on other stuff that we think might yeah we're going to talk about the episode and then at that point we're just going to go on a tangent about it anyway yeah so it's just going to be that we're all just going to be able to watch the episode in depth more so that's why it's going to be a week later because then we'll all have an episode we'll watch the episode alone again because sure. i know i'll watch it with eliza yeah because i like watching them again and seeing the little details that i missed of course there's yeah. so much detail. Well, in and that I show. also wanted to tell you guys, um, you know, Kara's gonna. Kara was saying that we we're, we're probably gonna do dinner, so you guys are invited to 
have dinner with us as well. I'm down to throw. So, I'm down to throw in and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, man, absolutely. You know, she, she's she was like, oh, you know, we can do like spaghetti or we can grill can, or I something. I can make you dinner too. No, you don't have to do that. Do I you? like making dinner though. <laughs> I make dinner all the time. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I, I mean, it's just cheaper. It's, yeah. It's, oh, for sure. It's just better for my body that absolutely. I make make well, good food. We're gonna have mac and cheese tonight. <gasps> Eliza just got done with her performance, so she's yeah. like, I get to let loose. We had pizza. Everything. Yeah. But when she's in her crunch time, she's like, We gotta eat healthy and all this stuff. I'm like, Great, I gotta eat healthy and all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Uh so now we're gonna let loose a little bit and just have a box of mac and cheese. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, on that note, I think we should probably wrap it up. Wrap it up. You know? <laughs> we'll just stop talking about Game of Thrones because we're gonna uh, talk about yeah. it. Yeah. And everybody's gonna be like, shut the fuck up. I know. <laughs> our, everyone everyone in our normal lives are gonna be like, you guys need to shut um, you guys are the worst. <laughs> if they even make it this far, it's okay if you don't. Um, but if you did, thanks. Thank I do. You. Yeah, anybody who listens, I just, you know, again, I know I say it all the time. Thanks for listening. But, like, if you have stuck this far, fucking awesome. Yeah. I really appreciate it. It's really, yeah, dude. it's cool. It is. It's even really if cool. It's just 25 people who consistently <laughs> listen. That's fucking sweet. Yeah, man. Twenty. You got 25 people listening to the things that you have to say. Yeah. Finding you interesting enough right. to give you their time yeah you know and it might be five minutes here 20 minutes there an hour there but it's still you know, their time. Th- it's still their time and then people's time is is sacred and yeah. uh you know i think again like i said uh the last time i was here you know i'm really proud of you for what you're doing and i think you need to keep it up and I you know it. do do what you got to do and you know um we had i had mentioned uh the last time i was on i had mentioned your stand-up Oh, and yeah. I, I outed you for that, and I, I just I'm I'm gonna out you again, and I, I would I would like to hear your experience over the last couple of weeks with your stand up. Yeah, it's um so I did it. <laughs> it happened. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you, thank you. I went alone. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, I went alone. I didn't have anybody with me. It was something that I felt that I needed to do by myself. Um. It was interesting because I wrote, I had like five five things that I would, you know, I, Kurt and I had discussed it because Kurt had given it a try as well and he's still going with it. Um, I wrote about five things that I thought would be funny and, you know, I had the bits set up and just in case I fell off one and I was like, okay, I can pick up another one and if that one, you know, doesn't seem, you know. And there was a couple, I recorded it, I listened to it, I sent it to a couple of friends uh, th- it's v- it was very nerve wracking. It it was out of my comfort zone. The only time I've ever talked to like twenty or more people. Thankfully, it was twenty or more people, so it did kind of give me like, all right, man, this isn't eight people. You're talking to a you know a bit of a crowd here. Right. You have a you have twenty five minds attention on what you're saying. Whether or not it's funny. The point is that you're trying to be funny. So I was I was really digging deep on what I found funny. And the funniest thing that I thought was, you know, the fact that Donald Trump looks like Gene Wilder fucked an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> He's just giving all the female Oompa Loompas the business yeah, while right? the men are slaving away. Yeah. I had a hard Making t- that chocolate, singing those songs. Yeah. And just, you know, <laughs> torturing children and right, stuff like that. Right. So, uh, yeah, and then there was another bit that I tried that pertained to a co-worker. It didn't really work out. <laughs> it was kind of bad because, you know, 
I think when you make fun of someone, you have to be very particular about how you're going about it. And the way I went about it was just, I think it was the nerves. I didn't say it correctly. I didn't pause correctly. There's, you know, realizing that there is a science behind this Mm -hmm. fucking, you're trying to tell a story Mm -hmm. in three minutes. Mm -hmm. Sure, there should be some quick-witted lines, but I'd rather tell a story which is what I'm kind of having trouble with right now is because it's like, okay, well, what story can I make funny? Mm-hmm. I have to write it down. And I have some I have some stories that I thought I was being sappy and then I read over them again. And some of the lines that I've put in, like just my actual writing when I was attempting to become a writer. A brooding writer. Yeah, one of those. Getting your emotions out yes. on paper. Yes, <laughs> and unleashing all my anguish on top. On no disrespect to any writers Absolutely out there. Absolutely not, no. It's, uh, well, and... I get emotional when I write, sure. which was kind of one of those things where I was like, fuck, why am I like crying when I'm writing this? It's not even like that serious of a thing. Sure. But I just get so lost in the situation that I'm writing down. I'm like, I somehow bring myself back there. And then I have to like be all romantic as I am. For those of you who are wondering, Shane of uh, the Shane Aldridge podcast is called the Shane Aldridge podcast because any other freaking title that I was coming up with was too freaking romantic <laughs> and cheesy. Like one of them was soul ties. Get out of here. Ass. Soul ties. What does that even mean? I kind of feel, I kind of feel like, uh, remember, um, what the hell was the character? It was Tim Meadows from Saturday night live. And he used to do the ladies man. Oh, the okay. ladies man. <laughs> Soul ties right. featuring the ladies, man. Right. So, you know, there's some title. <laughs> Every time I come on this show, not Chain of Thrones, but any anytime I come on uh, the podcast in oh. the future, I just want to open it up by calling it Soul Tides. <laughs> sure, Soul God. Tides. Well, so hey, hey, everybody. <laughs> it's Sunday night. Oh. Welcome to Soul Tides. <laughs> Right, I could have yeah. gone in. I'm really happy you're all here tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one good one that I was like, "Wow, that's cool," but it's kind of like eh, the title's already been used. Uh, Eliza's sister came up with uh, Shane's World. Shane's World, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what, though, you know what the funniest part about it is? What? There was an ad- there was an adult, like a porno thing. Okay, that was Shane's World. Oh my god! Yeah, of course. And that just like every, people are like, well, how do you know that? Well, yeah, grow up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and so it the uh, stand up comedy it was giving it a try was very eye opening to how hard it is. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been listening to Joe Rogan and all these other stand up comedians podcasts, and they all talk about how it is a fucking struggle, and it's not easy, Mm-mm. and it's getting it getting a three minute first hand fucking. I got all eyes on me and I'm trying to be funny now. I can be funny with my pals. I know how they, I know what humor they enjoy. Absolutely. I went off on a tangent the other day, (laughs) hanging out with the guys. It was, I was fucking brutal. I was being very malicious towards, you know. A well, that's certain a certain subject. That's a tough and, spot too, because but as, I know that they're gonna laugh at me because. Well, and that's your friend, so it's right. you know it's um, it's it's people like minded people that might have similar opinions and beliefs that you do, but when you're doing it on a 
large, or, you know, on a bigger scale or more public scale. Correct. You know, those types of things, those, you know, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to be the, the angry guy and I'm going to, you know, tell society how it is. And I'm going to say, you know, you all need to wake up. You're being a bunch of sheep, all that kind <laughs> yeah. of stuff, you know, like from a first time comedian who has walked on the stage and said, Hey, it's my first time on stage. Oh. Please be nice, or whatever you know, like whatever, whatever yeah. you you said. Oh, I was to begin just like, with. I was just like, you're all popping my cherry tonight. Yeah, yeah, that that's what it was. That's what it was. Um, I you went know. at it with my crude humor, like, hey, everybody. Well, and you you went at it with with just opening up to him and and yeah. and basically saying like, hey guys, please, you know, like don't judge me as harsh as you would someone who's a little bit more seasoned because this is my first time. And I get that and everything. And then you like come out the gate. Um, you know, if you, if you come out the gate aggressive and like, kind of like in your face and you, yeah, you yeah. know, you're all sheep and, and all of that kind of stuff. Like, no, I can't save that until I have an hour. Exactly. If I yeah. haven't, if I, if I get to the point where I have an hour fleshed out, there is going to be 15 minutes of me being fucking pissed. <laughs> there will be, and but you got to You got to bookend it with oh, I some really, it. really funny. Oh yeah. Good I, stuff. I, okay. So what I was talking to Kurt about this and you know, I wanted, I want to, I want to come across in a certain way, but I also want people to understand that it's coming from a place of kindness and compassion. Because every day I treat people with the if they if you want respect, you got to earn respect. Mm -hmm. I've lived, I've been trying to live by that for a really long time, especially because my best friend and I respect each other so much, but we've gotten into fucking ragers with each other mm -hmm. which i'm sure you and kurt have as oh, yeah. well and that is a cause of the respect that you have for each other and you're challenging one's character because you know them so well so right. if i want to portray that part of me in a stand-up comedy i have to understand myself better yeah and i do understand myself really well in from what i've observed in myself and from what older people have told me and what I've gone through in life I I definitely have a part of me that is a lot more self-aware than a lot of people my age mm -hmm. I don't go out right I you I I would hang out with friends and it'd be like a group of 10 people maybe 15 if there sure. was a party but sure. it was just chilling we weren't fucking frat boys like right I was talking to people there's music in the background we're all scattered and stuff like that get-togethers I've never been one to go to a fucking rager and like hit on a girl. I'm a very, I'm a very, <sighs> I have insecurities. Sure. I'm, I'm a chubby guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can be funny with my personality and kind of be a little extroverted, but most of the time I'm introverted. I want to be at home. I want to sit and play with my magic cards mm -hmm. and watch a YouTube video. Uh, you, uh, my, my magic, the gathering podcast. Yeah. Like I, that's like what I do. It's right. So for me as a nerd to try and go on stage and not be a nerd mm -hmm. and be like, all right, this is who I am as a person. This yeah. is some of the things that socially I don't fucking understand. And I'm going to try and make that funny for people. Right. And that's fine if, if it, you know, when it comes from that, from that space. Right. You know, um, so give me the long, the long and short of it. It's that you're. I'm pissed off about certain people's behavior, whether it's 
whether it's older people like, dude, I was watching a fucking video today. This is something I don't understand. And it's kind of fucking lazy, in my opinion, when people make stupid little when not stupid little videos. Some videos are very informative. But when people make videos or when people are genuinely, generally talking in public or at me and they make this quick little lazy jab of a millennial. Mm. Don't get me wrong. I, You and I have had this conversation. <laughs> I try my best not to let this word get to me. But when someone's so lazy that they can't even come up with an actual funny joke that has nothing to do with a subgroup of younger people in this world, mm-hmm. it's just it seems lazy to me and unintelligent. It like, it's just, hey, man... I don't call you by your generation. I just yeah. say, hey, that guy over there with the fucking beard. Yeah. <laughs> that right. gentleman over there that, yeah, he's older than me, but like you and I have an understanding of each other. I'm sure there are many people out there in the world like us who are friends that are 10 years apart. Yeah. I'm a millennial. You're not. Well, you te- technically I am. But technically yeah. you are, but you're not. Mm-hmm. I'm... I don't consider myself... I, I am a millennial. Woo! In that category, but I don't consider myself one. I don't really... I well, don't... And that's, that's, the hard, that's the hard part because millenni- for, the, for the free thinkers. Right. For the people who, you know, are lumped into this... Stere- or into this generalized grouping. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, well, we, you know, we have to label them somehow. And it's like they see this certain selfish sect of... This generation, like, you know, the baby boomer generation was was the hippies, the counterculture, all of that kind of stuff. And the generations before them looked at them and they're like, look at all these kids and none of them are working. And, you know, they're all doing this hippy dippy lifestyle. They're the worst generation in the world and blah, blah, blah. Dude, this isn't a new thing. The fact that you're getting all worked up about millennial, it's not a new thing. I'm just talking about about the quick little jokes that are just lazy. And and, and that's just it. It's like they're, (laughs) they're quick little laugh jokes, you know, like. The same way that you can always get a laugh from this, or you right. can always get a laugh from that. It's like right. they're gonna go there. Oh, of and, course. And watch in twenty years, people your generation who are on talk shows and comedians and whatever, whatever the case may be, political yeah. stuff, they're gonna be doing the same thing to the generation twenty years younger than them. Absolutely. It's just right, and I accept that. It's it's just a fact. Well, let me get back to the point of in in this. I just 60s want to figure out a bit how to make that funny. But that that's the thing. I think you can make that funny without making it aggressive. Okay. You know, I don't think you have to come at it from the what the fuck is wrong with that? You know, what is this? What is that? This is okay. F. This is you know BS. Blah blah blah. Right. You can come at it and be like. You know, kind of one of those things. Remember the family. Remember in Family Guy when Peter did his little, um, his little news story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What grinds my gears? Yeah. You could do something like that. You know, you're like, you know what really like gets my goat. You know what really pisses me off. You know yeah. what really keeps me up at night yeah. is all this millennial bullshit. <laughs> you know, and you can just kind of come at it from like from a frustration, yeah. but more so in the. I'm not going to fight someone over this because right. the times that you've told me about that side of things, I'm like, man, you're really aggressive about this. And it's stuff like it's societal shit that you just can't do anything about. Like right. I've been really anti the Kardashian family for a very long time. Church. <laughs> exactly. Church. And it's like, I don't like that kind of shit because I don't like people believing that they need to keep up with someone that 
they you know, don't even know. So, well, some not not just someone that they don't even know. It's like someone that is in a completely different world. Yeah, you know, like completely different yeah. lifestyle opportunities, right. all of that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And for the 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 people in the normal normal world, you know, right. living a normal life, it's like you can't compete with these influencers and these people who don't really do anything. Like when I was your age, it was all about the, the Paris Hilton, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Paris Hilton had her show and it was all about that. And I was just like, yeah, the real world too. Yeah. Well, real world was cool in the beginning, but then it got really bro-y Jersey Shore, Jersey Shore with the bros. Jersey Shore is the best show ever. (laughs) I, it is my biggest guilty pleasure. Dude, They're dude. all outrageous. You realize we were going to wrap this up like 12 minutes ago. Fuck it, man. <laughs> we go hard on Earth, okay? We go hard <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> no, dude. But I mean, like, yeah, like I said, it's, it's um, yeah. one of those things where you can't necessarily control these things. Like in my situation with, you know, the Kardashians and all sure. of that kind of crap, it's like the only thing I can do is not pay them any mind. Right now, you know, them, and, and, not and give them a minute. And, and unfortunately, some of the a lot of the gripes that you're having right now are things that you can't necessarily control, control, Correct. and 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 shield yourself from. Like for me, with the with the influencers and all that, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't watch the channels that do those e news shits, and um, you know, and don't go. I don't go to the mall, dude, because you walk through Macy's and it's like, oh, this person's perfume and this person and this person. And you're like, who gives a shit, right, man? Yeah. I posted something to my business Facebook account a couple, like a year ago, maybe. Sure. And it was this whole like, um, it was like a longer paragraph, kind of like a, a short little essay. And it basically talked about like, everyone is so quick to give, you know, Beyonce 200 and $80 for concert tickets and to buy Kim Kardashian's perfume oh. for $75 and right. Taylor Swift just, you know, released a line of eyeshadow or some yeah. shit for 40 bucks. And, and it's like, you're so everyone's so quick to shower these successful millionaires yeah. with their patronage, right? You know, of buying their products and everyone's so hesitant to support a family member or a friend who starts their own business. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's fucked in that sense because you look at some of these more ethnic communities in the, in the country of the United States and also in the world. And these communities stick together. You know, one of the best examples is the, is the Jewish community. A lot of, a lot of people in the Jewish community they stick within their community. So you'll go through, you know, if you're if you find yourself in a part of town that is predominantly Jewish, right you'll down to it, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right down the road from where we're at. Um, no, but if you see those communities, I'm giving people this triangle on how to find. I know, right? Crazy <laughs> person's like, I'm gonna find this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Take it easy. <laughs> no one wants to find me. <laughs> the, pe- the, pe- the people who know who or who want to find you already know who you are. So fact. <laughs> no, but you know, in these communities, they essentially, you know, one guy opens a bank and yeah. 
they you know and and they go to him the next guy opens a bakery the next guy opens a a fruit a fruit shop yeah. uh, you know and a, a lawyer or a, a, a pediatrician you know all this kind of stuff and then within that community the people who live in the community go to those places right. and you know and it's like create its own it economy. it creates its own ecosystem and economy yeah. and all of that kind of stuff and those are the times when you know, neighborhoods and cities are able to flourish is when everyone's working together. But in this well, that's world, what's so attractive about Wakanda. Well, yeah, but in this world in general, yeah. we've gotten to the point where everything is run by you know multi-trillion-dollar world organizations and and you know businesses and things like that. And it's like, yeah, you could go to the you know the the local market or whatever, but they're not going to have everything, right? you know, and that's the bummer part about it. So dude, I know we started talking about, you know, ending the show and it's dude, my ass is killing uh, me no, on, this, totally cool. on these chairs. We're going to end, but one, one more note Yeah, about the, pertaining to the millennial thing. It's, I'm also frustrated with my generation as well. I like guess yeah. not just the people who are making jabs at millennials. It is, Millennials it's that do giving them the ammunition to make those jabs. Correct. You know. Yeah. Some of and, my some of my and generation. This millennial generation, this quote unquote millennial generation, is supposed to be one of the most technologically advanced, um, you know, smartest generations to date. And for them to have the complete lack of understanding that they're feeding into the hands of their critics. Yeah. Is frustrating, and I totally understand where yeah. where you're coming from. I think you need to sand the edges. Yeah. I think you need to come at it more from a like like Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. What's the deal yeah. with this? Confused, you know, like yeah. what's going on? What are we doing? Why are we doing this? Yeah. You know, whereas someone like George Carlin would get in your fucking face and he'd yeah. tell you, you know, this is this is this and this is what they want to do and they want to keep you dumb, fat, and, and stupid, you know, right. like they want to keep you down and they and they so they can do whatever they want and right. you know, but then you've got a, a Jerry Seinfeld. I don't get it. What's yeah, the deal? Just kind of you know? Yeah. Um so you just you know, and I think that that's one of the biggest things you say you need to you need to figure out who you are, or find yourself more in this. Well, I just have to keep to do that. I have to keep. I have to keep doing. You it. have to keep doing it. You know because you're never going to be great at something your first time up. Oh, absolutely. And I got a couple chuckles. That was right. the goal. And and that, and that's the whole thing. At least you didn't get a tomato thrown at your face. You Thanks. know. I mean, it's it. It could have been worse. The people could have been. Could, someone could have been drunk and heckling you. Boo! Get off the stage. What are you doing, you weirdo? It's, you know, that, it was mostly comedians that were sitting in the crowd. Well, of course, because those are the people that are that are working open mics. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was there. There was like a few people that weren't actually going up there, but most of them just stayed. And yeah. You know, but what you have to do is, you know, when you do decide to make this more of a a frequent thing, which I definitely think you should. You know, if yeah. you're not if you're not going every week, you know, you should try and go. No, I need at uh, least once a month. Yeah. At least once a month, I would say for the time being, and then. When you get a little bit more confidence and courage of going up, you know, you when when you go up the next time, you're like, hey man, you tell yourself, I've already done this once, yeah. and then the time after that, dude, I've done this twice before. Yeah. Let's do it, you know. And then it just keeps compounding, and you know, by the time you're at five, you're like, this is my fifth time going up and doing three minutes, yep. you know. And whether you're doing the same jokes over and over to kind of workshop them, I just had this conversation with Kurt. You know, he, he's got an idea. He had an idea for something. 
he wasn't sure how it would how it would be perceived and how it would land. Yeah. He he you know he called me and he was like, dude, I got this idea and what do you think and blah 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 and you know and he wasn't even sure if he wanted to go up with it that night. Right. You know he was in the beginning and I kind of feel like I've done this to him a couple of times here in the last few months or year or whatever is he calls me with something and he wants me to see it and or hear it or whatever and I'm not giving him the response that he wants uh-huh. and I think that this might also be like a, he moved to LA and now it's kind of like everyone's kind of blowing smoke up his, uh, everyone's ass like they're hey. all blowing smoke up at everyone else's ass Yeah, and I mean that's the perception obviously I don't know I'm not out there <laughs> but because I'm not necessarily giving him the response that he was hoping for, right. it's kind of like, you know, then it goes into, well, maybe I shouldn't even do it. Or, you know, he just start, he just starts to second guess himself. And I told him, I'm like, you know, the first time I told him, I'm like, it's nothing that you did in this. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's stuff that's out of your control. Um, but then the second time was with this, with this bit that he had, um, that he's been going to open mics on. Gotcha. Or he wants to go to open mics on and everything. And I think it has potential to be a good bit. Yeah, yeah. But it's in the very beginning stages right now. Gotcha. And I told him, I'm like, go with it. Go workshop it. Because it has a lot to do with timing. It has a lot to do with delivery. You know, so there's the whole collective of everything. And, you know, I think the more you, Shane, go to open mics and get that experience and get those nerves out of your system, you're going to be able to take some of those, some of those jokes that you started with, you know, the Oompa Loompa thing and all of that. I think that that's a good one. I just kind of think that it comes across really aggressive. I think what, I think one of the things that you need to work on is how to say something that you're fired up about and say it in a calm manner. calm manner because coming from another bigger guy, like as soon as a big guy starts getting animated, yeah. it becomes a bigger thing for other people right, to witness. Right. You know, so whether it's animated like Chris Farley, you know, there's a reason why he was out of this world right. because he's also out of this world and he's 300 pounds or 350 pounds, you know, he's a big dude. He commands a big presence. And, you know, I mean, you're obviously not that big, Um, but you know, just being bigger, it puts a lot of people off and I've been dealing with it my whole life. And I come, there are times when I come across super aggressive when I don't intend to, you know, and those are the times when I have to like take people aside and be like, Hey, listen, I'm not, I don't intend to be this way. Like it just kind of comes out like this. And, you know, when you do something so public, like a, like open mic or, or stand up or whatever the case may be, even this podcast, it's like, you almost have to take a beat, calm down a little bit and come at it from the, like, like I said, like the Jerry Seinfeld, like confusion, why are we doing this? Or like Sebastian Meniscalco. Yeah. Like he is really good at walking that line of like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. You know, like being aggressive like that. Yeah. Like, what is wrong with you? Why yeah. would you do that? And then he also has the whole like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah. What in the hell are we talking about? Right. You know, um, and I think that that's kind of. You know, from from what I've heard of your stand up, I think that that, sh- that should be a place for you to live for for a little while. Yeah. You know, is just kind of find that 
happy medium, yeah. you know, and, 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 you know, the whole, the whole Oompa Loompa Trump thing, it's kind of like, it comes across. It's a quick little one-liner. It's, it's a quick little one-liner. It comes across a little outside the box, kind of gives people an idea of where they are yeah. and like where you're, you're going to be trying to come in at. Yeah. So it could be a really decent like opening gig. The problem that I have with it is it's just too, it's just too easy. Um, it's, I mean, he is an easy target. He is a, that's what I mean. Like, it's not that the joke itself is an easy joke Yeah. because I never made that assumption prior to hearing it. Um, you know, there's all the orange jokes and all of this, but I never put the Oompa Loompa and, you know, Willy Wonka kind of thing into, into play. But anyways, um, it's just an easy target. Like I saw Chad Daniels in February and he literally got on stage and he called it out. He's like, all right. He goes, we're doing one. And there was something going on at the time. Some yeah. fucking ridiculous bullshit. And he, th- he threw out this joke, this jab, at, <laughs> you know, at Trump and whatever. And then he goes, that's the last one I'll do. Cause it's too fucking easy. <laughs> and he didn't, and he didn't go back to any like political right, or, right. you know, so social kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, I think maybe that might be something that you have to explore is being like, Hey man, I know it's an easy one. Like kind of calling yourself out on it and kind of being like, Hey, I know it's an easy target, but doesn't Trump, you know, like look like he would be a mix between a new a Willy Wonka and a new Loompa. Like right. if they were, if he was just fucking giving it to the female Loompa Loompas yeah. while the guys are slaving out there over fucking M&Ms, yeah. you know, like you could kind of. do it like that and smooth it in there and be like, and then afterwards kind of throw that zinger out right from the get. And then afterwards be like, all right, like I, I filled my, I filled my, my (laughs) political quota (laughs) and move on to something, you know, and then move on to another, your, your next story that is, you know, uh, minute or two and a half minutes. Right. right, right. And there's, and there's your, your fucking three minute time or whatever, you know? So dude, I think, you know, with the whole stand up, I don't want to see you not do it again because I think that you, I think that you you crossed the bridge that you needed to cross yeah. to want to do it again to kind of have that hunger once again. Oh, I want to go back. Huh? Yeah, I don't want to not. It was, yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> right, and I want you know I'm going to tell you this, and I already told Kirk this, but I'm now saying it publicly, like. Doing open mic stand-up kind of stuff has always been something that I've toyed with. Not like super serious, obviously. I haven't ever done an open mic or anything like that. Right. But Kurt and I would always talk like we'd be hanging out and we'd be like, oh man, that would be a that story is a perfect stand-up bit. Yeah, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. And I would always say things like, Yeah, if I ever find myself in in a position to do an open mic, like I would love to do that one day. And it's just kind of been something that I've thought in my my own head and haven't really like shared it with a ton of people, but I do have a handful of stories that, you know, I think, I think you'd be good. I think, I think would be fun. Um, so I am, you know, now it's kind of turned more into like a bucket list kind of thing. Like I don't give a shit if, if it becomes something serious for me, I don't care any, any of that. I just kind of want to go up with, like you said, you know, three, four minutes of, of material, go up there, try and get some laughs 
see what happens. Yeah. You know, so um, it is a bucket list thing for me. And, you know, it might not happen this week or, you know, in the next six months, but right. it's definitely something that I'd love to try and do at some point. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, both of you guys have kind of like inspired me and pushed me to to go to that place to, to really think about it yeah. from a logical standpoint. So, yeah. um, but yeah, man, it, should we wrap it up here? Yeah, we should save our tushes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> folding chairs. Yeah, folding chairs. I, I will have to tell you that next week for Shane of Thrones, we will all be in a comfy spot. We'll all be in a in a pretty comfortable uh chair. I'm figuring it out. Yeah. I gotta go to Goodwill. Nah, dude. I have my my computer desk chair and then I have uh I think what I there's a chair in my living room. We have, that I might we have for the two guests. we have two like comfortable chairs that we can pull over to the table and just kinda go from there. Cool. All right, everybody. See you next week. Thanks for having me again, brother. Absolutely, sir. Anytime. Love you, man. Love you, too. All right. Peace out. Bye.